Hello, fellow humans. Welcome to the Art of Human podcast, the podcast dedicated to celebrating humanhood via insightful, unique perspective from human beings of all walks of life. In the hopes to inspire listeners to live a healthier life, I am your host, Sapien. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, usually I, I like to start. See, right? Did you know we started? I had a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I try not to even like put pressure on starting that because that's cool. That's just like a bad way to start, you know? Yeah. Like sometimes I'll start just like right now, like don't even tell the person because <laughs> then it's like, it, I feel like it just goes in really fluidly. So, but yeah, um, welcome everybody who's listening. Welcome to the Art of Human podcast. Today I have a special guest. He goes by SG. That's his music artist name and yeah i always forget your actual name because i just say sg it's uh it's pronounced shyan it's a little different shyan how do you spell that s-h-a-y-a-n shyan all right Mm -hmm. i like that and what's your last name uh goalries all right keep it so that one too g-o-l-r-i-z goalries goalries shyan goalries Mm mm-hmm that's like a badass name. Really? Yeah, dude, that's a badass name. I feel like <laughs> like people who listen to this, I, I mean, most people who listen don't like send me messages about the podcast, uh-huh. but I'm sure everyone listening would agree that that's a pretty badass name. <laughs> In my opinion, because I've, I've never heard anything like it. That's cool. I rarely hear that, so I appreciate that. Yeah, I think that's a dope name. Like I, I remember growing up, and I've kind of changed my mind about it, but I was thinking that at one point I was pretty consistent with the idea of naming. If I had a son, I would call him Gohan. Oh yeah. But <laughs> but I'm already kind of over that. I think are. I think that was kind of like a it was a phase that I had. But it's like, bro, I was thinking this shit since I was like 15. Gohan. Like, of course, I wasn't even <laughs> close to that. Like, I, I still don't even feel like I'm close to having a kid. Yeah, I and feel that. So I was with this idea of Gohan, but now i've kind of deviated from that well that would make you goku right? oh shit i didn't even dad. think about that <laughs> well, i would have to go and change my name to goku right but i can do that shit <laughs> um have I you thought you got, about i see you got goku up there yeah dude i got Kid dragon goku. ball all over the room i got vegeta on the right just oh, nice. to give listeners some context to the room we're in i got vegeta under my tv with a quote which reads Okay, I already know. Even the mightiest warriors experience fears. What makes them a true warrior is the courage that they possess to to overcome their fears. That's very true, man. That's a pretty good quote, right? That's very true. So it's like, I don't give a fuck how badass, like, all these top music artists, all these, like, famous people, like, they're all fucking scared of some shit, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And then it just comes down to, like, are you going to challenge your fear or are you not? Yeah. Yeah, they say, like, it's very similar to a quote. It says like, um, uh, it says that uh, bravery is not like is not being fearless, but overcoming your fear. Mm, bravery is not being fearless, but overcoming your fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it's, what Vegeta's saying. Yeah, it's the same. It's and it's like, idea. but from my experience, because I don't know, you have you seen the the tweet that I made about self love? It's oh. like challenging your fears. Number one supporter, uh, trusting your intuition. But facing your fears is part of my definition of self-love. Oh. And, like, from my experience, because I try to, like, challenge my fears, like, every day. Mm-hmm. Like, today it was, like, going outside and washing my car shirtless. And then, I don't know, just, like, the neighbors, you know, right, are coming yeah. out. It's, like, that was me kind of challenging myself earlier. But I feel like 
probably will never be to the point where I'm like 100% fearless, but I'll probably get to a point where it's like 98%. Yeah. Right? No, it's like- just important, I think, in my opinion, that you just transcend like where you're at, you know? Yeah. A goal so much I don't think is like as, uh, you know, as I don't think it's something that we can like project in the future clearly. Mm-hmm um because then it's just a concept we can't project what like a goal of how like how much fear we're going to overcome or like where we're going to get to i mean we can kind of do it and aim to have something to aim at but i think um it it would be too conceptual at that point i think just Mm -hmm. to like take it where you're at and to like see what you're afraid of now and try and move beyond them and transcend them Mm -hmm. yeah i agree i think i think like progressing like it's it's like you you realize your progression, but because you kind of almost like look back at your results, mm-hmm. like I can go back and like look at my social media feed and even just like listen to these podcasts and be like, oh, shit, episode one to episode. This is like 34. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, oh, shit, like I've grown, but I don't I didn't grow because every day I'm fucking checking if I grew. Right. Like you realize that you've grown probably after like at least a few weeks or I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes you could see improvement within a couple of days, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I could play piano for a week, and by the end of the week, I could see that I'm better. That's cool. But, like, on a per- personal, like, spiritual level, like, in terms of, like, just being more confident mm-hmm. in yourself, that probably, would you say that takes probably, like, a little more time? Yeah, I think it takes more time. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that other people will notice it before we will, majority mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. But yeah, I think that takes more time. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, like, you can get good at, like, things in the external world, like, playing good at, playing, get better at, like, singing, at piano, at whatever, but, like, like, at the spiritual level that I'm talking about, it's almost, and even, like, physical, like, if you've been used to doing something physically in one particular way, Mm -hmm. you've kind of ingrained that kind of movement Mm -hmm. into your system, so if you actually want to change it, then it takes a lot because it's basically ingrained into your subconscious. Right. And yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing like physically because my body's all fucking tangled up from running in a really jacked up way. Oh, was okay. I telling you this the other day? In a jacked up way? Or maybe I didn't. I think the Wait, other day I was you, just... Did you say you like ran differently than normal? Yeah, dude. Like I would run like this. Like my fucking left shoulder was like up up here and then this was down here. So then naturally my legs wouldn't strike the ground well. Oh, you did that like without realizing it? Yeah, dude. Oh. I wasn't even aware. I mean, obviously it wasn't like day one. I was running with my shoulder up to mm. my ear. But it was just progressive. Oh, I see. Like your body kind of conditioned more. Yeah, it. like maybe my left leg was like something was probably weaker on one side of my body, and mm. then slowly but surely I started because the body's so fucking intelligent mm. that if you keep making it do something, it'll make adaptations to yeah. like somehow persevere. Mm-hmm. So then my body adapted by just fucking turning over to one side, and then now I'm resetting it. And it fucking it's kind of a bitch, you know. It's a it's yeah. a it's a long process. So it, I definitely agree that spiritually and physically, there's a lot of work to be taken in order to like reset yourself, especially if something's like deep inside of yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think when it comes to like spiritually, <clears throat> like we can we can uh, grow really quickly, mm-hmm. but I think there's like a a limit to how fast we can grow based off of uh, how capable we are to use that growth Hmm. does that make sense so like for example like 
I think it's easy for spiritually, uh, so to speak, for a person to become overstimulated. And like overstimulation would be like you're, you're basically getting more info inside you than you know what to do with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be overwhelming. Whereas like the physical body, like you'll feel it like palpably like get exhausted, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I think with in a spiritual sense, when you're growing, if you push yourself too much, you can like not realize that you're uh, building a lot of anxieties. Dude, I know literally exactly what you're talking yeah. about because like this past year, it's kind of been my spiritual journey. It's like probably the fucking 10th time I said that on the podcast, but it's the truth. Mm. Um, but I, I, I'm pretty aware now with my capacity because the, cause now I kind of feel like, like when I say, when we're talking about spirituality, I kind of feel like I know what that is now. Mm-hmm. Like before people talked about spirituality and I didn't even know what the fuck they were talking about. Like I kind of thought I knew like they're talking about like what's in deep inside of you. But now because I feel like I'm actually like tapping into my real self, like I feel like I actually know what it means. Mm-hmm. And it's true, though, like what you're saying, like physically, a lot of times it's more evident, like, oh, shit, the next day you wake up and you're sore as fuck. So, you know, you went too hard and right. you know, you need to take it easy. And it's kind of harder to have that awareness at the spiritual level. But I'm starting to get it because I'm becoming so in tune with like my emotions and how I feel. And now I kind of got rid of that, like fucking that super that because i used to have that mentality because my coaches and a lot of I feel like society they teach you to like always go like 200 percent like just be tough like disregard the pain just push through the pain and all that bullshit yeah. like i don't i'm not saying that it's fully bullshit i've talked about this before but i oh. do think that if that's like your main philosophy then it's bullshit because you're disregarding your emotions and the way you physically feel and then you lose that awareness of like what is good or bad for you right versus you prioritize like how you feel and you you respect your emotions and your physical body and then on on the certain days that where like things are out of your control and you need to just fucking grind it out like i don't know like let's say you just had your ordinary day and then you come home and like your parents someone got sick and they need to take them to the hospital and like you're up all night like right you need to be ready for like one of those given days to like fucking be ready to stay up all night right but and maybe periodically, like once or twice a week, like let's go fucking hard because I don't, I want my body to experience that high intensity right, right, because right. there will inevitably be days where you have to push your body to its limits. Right. But it's like, that's periodical. Like you don't need to do that on the fucking daily. Right. That's in my opinion. Yeah. Like, yeah. What do you feel about stuff like that? Like, cause it goes down to like flow state. That's kind of where I'm branching that off of. Yeah. As far as like, uh, the physical body. I know that muscles, <clears throat> excuse me, it's important to confuse your muscles. Mm. So like, um, you know, changing up your workout, not doing anything that's too me- mechanical over time, mm-hmm. uh, where your body is just doing the same motion over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I was just looking at that fly on the oh, screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, not doing something too mechanical. Yeah. I got you. And not too repetitive. Right. Uh, I got you. Right, like if you bench press every single day, mm-hmm. after a while you're gonna really hit like a, a plateau, mm-hmm. you know, um, unless like you change it to like an incline or a decline or mm-hmm. you know, do chest flies or back exercises, just doing something else that confuses the muscle. Um, it kind of I was thinking about like a piano because a piano I played piano since I was a kid, 
And、uh, how like, old were you? How old were you? I was about four and a half. Oh wow! Like、yeah. legit. Yeah, kid, yeah, yeah. kid. Yeah. Um. And but yeah, I was thinking about a piano because pianos like you can't bang on them like over and over. They'll go out of tune. They'll fall out of shape. The keys will stop working. The mallets will break, etc. And you're talking about like a legit piano, like a mechanical piano, right? Okay. Right. Right.、Um, so then, what do you do? What do you do to maintain the piano's health? Well, it's like you said, like regarding emotions. I guess I would make that analogous to like the dynamics. So, like when you play piano, you don't just like bang on the keys.、Mm-hmm. You know, you when you read music, there's uh there's emotions that you have to follow、mm-hmm. in the sheet music. They they label it for you. And so there's dynamics. You play softly, you play loudly, you play slowly, smoothly, quickly, bouncy. So there's different there's different variations of like how you would approach the piano. And usually, if you're playing the song, it'll actually say it in the description of the song.、Yeah. Like this song is meant to be played like this. Right. Exactly at the beginning, and then also they have like smaller annotations throughout the sheet when like、uh, the mood of the song changes. Whoa. And annotations by annotations, you mean symbols?、Uh, they're in Italian. They're written in Italian.、Oh. So, like for example, at the top of a piano sheet, you'll see like allegro, which、oh. means like played smoothly,、oh. or legato, which is like smoothly. And what what were the what are all the other terminology terminology? I don't know all of them because there's a lot, and also you can create more. But there's also like staccato, which is like bouncy.、Oh. Um, there's There's a there's a lot I can't think of of all of them. That's crazy. I didn't know. I mean, it makes sense because, because I'm just barely getting into music myself.、Mm-hmm. Like I started learning piano.、Um, nice. Had to have been like a, a month ago now, at least. There a couple months ago, my brother has the piano in his room. Right. And so I'd occasionally like go in there and just like fuck around. But it was like when I first started fucking around, like there was no like. Focus or determination behind it.、Mm, it, was it was just like, for fun. It was legit just fucking、yeah. around. But like recently, because of me kind of getting my body more in check and like spiritually and getting like the whole flow state concept,、mm-hmm. like it's so useful, dude. Like that's why I've been advocating for it on the podcast because I really feel that basically life, if you think of ourselves as just energy,、mm-hmm. like it's just flow. And like if you think about energy. And you could look at it at the micro level, like just within the, the an hour or a few minutes, or you can look at it in the micro, like a whole week, a whole month. And I think it's interesting because if you think of yourself as just energy, like you always want to, if you maintain your flow over a period of time, you're gonna have more productivity. Like so, for instance, is that what I, you meant by macro? Yeah, by macro I meant like within a week or two weeks、mm, or a year, like this bigger picture. But or you could look at it in the micro,、mm. like the immediate. Like you could even think of it, like right now as we're speaking, we could try to speak super fast, or we can go really slow. But then, like if we don't, and then basically the way it becomes more practical, like the actual way it works, and this is the way I see it, is that it's like you having it's like a a graph, right? X Y.、Mm-hmm. So the Y is anxiety. The X is difficulty, so then actually I haven't explained this in a little bit, but let's go.、Um, so the Y is anxiety. anxiety. The X is difficulty. X is difficulty. Okay. And then like in between, that's where you find flow, right? So flow can be at the base, and then just goes up, 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 up. 
So obviously the higher the flow, it would be the task is more difficult and your anxiety is higher. So basically you have to find the right balance between anxiety and difficulty of the task that you're doing. So if you ever thought about it, this is kind of one because I've thought about it so much. But if you think about when you're really upset and angry and frustrated, like what do you feel like doing? Like you feel like hitting shit, right? Yeah. Like naturally you want to hit shit. Naturally you want to go and like fucking run. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's because the body naturally wants to alleviate itself and basically put itself in that state of flow because in flow, you basically get in, you're immersed, fully immersed in the activity that you're doing and you oh. don't perceive time or yourself. And so, but when your anxiety is high and the difficulty of what you're doing is not, doesn't match the anxiety, then you feel on edge that all that extra cortisol is just basically in your system and it causes, you know, it deprives your immune system oh. When your anxiety is high and the difficulty doesn't match up, you're not in the present moment. You're thinking about the future, the past, like all these problems in your head. But you're, you're everything but the present. But I when see. you find the match between anxiety and difficulty, then you go into this flow where you're fully immersed. And there's there's a lot more like laws and principles that go into the idea of flow. Like, for instance, like having parameters with regard to what you're doing can help you get into a state of flow because then you're more determined to like get it done like so if i were to tell you to like if i were to tell you that would make sense because in the sense like if you want uh water to flow in a specific direction you would create like a Mm -hmm. barrier around it to guide it that way exactly yeah so it's like the same idea if you were to tell me like oh christian you have all day just do whatever the fuck you want and if i'm like luckily now i know myself well enough to where okay i'll play piano 30 minutes I'll work out, I'll watch an hour Netflix, then I'll take a nap and mm-hmm. then I'll eat. Like if you have your own routine, but think about it, routine. Right. Think about us, think about us as humans like we like routine. Mm-hmm. If you don't have routine, you don't have structure, then you're not in that state of flow. Your anxiety is too much like, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, dude, it's a So that reminds me of the concept of a uh, that overstimulation I just mentioned because mm-hmm. So you're saying the anxiety like has to match the level of difficulty. So anxiety in a sense is like your uh, readiness to like face something. Exactly. Yeah, I know that I'm saying anxiety and anxiety has a negative connotation, right? But it's only really negative when when uh, when it's too high, basically. Right. And anxiety, the other way you can look at it, because what anxiety does it releases cortisol and then cortisol basically increases the blood sugar because right. it's getting you ready to do this fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And then also your your heart rate goes up, your respiration goes up, mm-hmm. like all these things go up. And so like that's like the physiological effect of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So Yeah, that makes sense. That's almost like the you have to have the demand for the anxiety, like to meet up, to meet that demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why there's like optimal anxiety. Right, so like there's research and stuff. So you said if the anxiety is too high and the difficulty is too low, there's there's like a person's just going to be on edge. Mm-hmm. Now, if anxiety is too low and the difficulty is too high, a person's not going to be able to. They're just going to give up because yeah. the task is too hard. It's right. like if I had you play Tetris and put you at level 100, you've never played. Right. Like you're just like fuck this. Okay, I'm not prepared for the intensity of. Yeah, energy. and obviously, but like to get into flow, you also need skill and you need to practice. Like if I were to get you to put t- 
Tetris level 100 mm-hmm. and you've never played, I don't give a fuck how like pumped and right. determined you get, you're not going to be able to do it. Right. So of course there's other bunch of other variables that goes along with this idea of flow, but it's just the general principle. Like, gotcha. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. I like this, uh, this topic flow. Yeah. I guess this could take us into Bruce Lee. Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> I know that you're, uh, oh, from what I understand, you like Bruce Lee a good amount, right? Yeah, I, I spent uh, a good portion of my early teenage years, up to my late teenage years, just studying his work. Really? Yeah. So I read a lot of his books and uh, books that were like uh, compiled by uh, friends of his as well. So w- which books were they specifically? Uh, first, it started with the, the Tao of Jeet Kune Do. Mm. Have you heard of that book? I'm pretty sure I've seen it. I follow his page on Instagram. Oh, okay. Which I think is ran by his daughter. That's right, Shannon. Yeah. Damn, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that book about? Uh, which, by the way, shout out to Shannon. I have a lot of respect for her. She's a, she's a dope human being. She's really cool. Mm-hmm. And she's honored her father a lot. And I respect that. Uh, what was your question? Sorry. Oh, I said, what was that book about? Uh, that book was very interesting. It was like a um, compilation of notes that he wrote while he was, uh, I guess, uh, how would you say it, like invalid, like uh, lying down on a table. He, so he had a back injury mm-hmm. um, in his mid-early 30s. And it, it, for, it they, he had to lay down on a table for like six months, basically. Without moving? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, which, as you can imagine, I can't even imagine, would be really difficult being so active as he was mm-hmm. his whole life. So while he was lying there, uh, him and his wife worked together, and he wrote a lot of notes and created this book called Tao of Jeet Kune Do. Um, so the book itself, it consists of a, a lot of interesting things. It consists of like uh, philosophies for martial arts. It has like sketches of his of like uh, martial arts techniques. And then my favorite part probably is the section where he has different subsections under different topics. Like he'll have a, a section under Zen mm. and then he'll like have a list of his quotes underneath it and his thoughts on Zen. And then he'll have like another section on mobility mm. and he'll talk about mobility and so on like footwork and the, you know different various so it was areas. a combination because obviously Jeet Kune Do was his martial arts like right. if people that are listening don't know that Bruce Lee eventually created his own martial arts called Jeet Kune Do which translates to the way of the intercepting fist mm-hmm. right. and from what I've read Bruce Lee didn't even want to give a name to his martial arts form because he was such an eclectic person. He just liked to derive ideas from everywhere. Right. So he's like, oh, I like this from karate. I like this from boxing. I like this. Right. It mm-hmm. can, he did cha-cha dancing when he was growing up. Yeah. So it's like he basically derived his stuff from anything. Like anything would go. That's right. Um, and then you said Tao of yeah. Jeet Kune Do. Mm-hmm, so I'm guessing like, that was in reference to Taoism. Or yeah. No? Well, Tao, I think, comes from a Cantonese word, which means the way. Oh, the way. Yeah. Um, but Tao is also in Taoism, you know, they refer to Tao as the eternal Tao, the nameless, the name that can't be named. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Um, so then that goes right along with his whole philosophy. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Yeah, um, he was, from what I understood and from what I learned from his reading, from reading his books, that is, um, he was very scientific. Mm. And from what I understood, he believed that uh, style uh, was not complete. Like any one style was not complete. It wouldn't have the whole, there would be no perfect style because he said that uh, if there was, if style, if uh, one style was perfect, then there wouldn't be so many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it seemed like he used uh, different aspects of whatever he learned. And he acknowledged like that fact that uh, styles are incomplete. And so it seemed like he investigated each style with that knowledge and was willing to look scientifically and practically at what would be efficient in his interpretation and what wouldn't. And so that was like, from my understanding, my interpretation, how he went about uh, creating almost like a new martial arts, like looking for like a new martial arts that combines these Mm -hmm. different elements. Yeah, because I know I've seen a, a good amount of Bruce Lee videos and stuff. And it's kind of interesting because the things he, he talks about in his movies, like his actual philosophy that he believes in. Like if you've seen Enter the Dragon, mm-hmm. he has a kid kicking at him. Yeah. And he talks about emotional content, you know, and all these things, which I've mentioned a lot, so I don't want to get too deep into <laughs> it. But um, but I like it because Bruce Lee, of course, he's acting in the movies, but then he does bring about like his philosophy. Right. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say was i'm blanking out but i'm just gonna keep this is the thing i start doing where i when i blank out i just keep talking because i know eventually it'll come back um but bruce lee he didn't believe in styles and oh so which is really cool and the thing that he's inspired me a lot about was that his philosophy is that everybody has to find their own like style right so basically his philosophy is like i'm gonna help teach you how to find your own fighting style. Right. I'm only going to help you basically self-actualize yourself. Right. I'm not going to teach you this form of martial arts expecting that that's actually going to be optimal for you because, you know, you know, you look at the technicalities, like you're taller than me, your arm reach is different. You're, you might be like, if we look at physiques like mesomorph, mesomorph, mm-hmm. ex, ex, exomorph, mm-hmm. and what's the last, ectomorph. Right. Yeah, there's all these different body compositions and you know now that i've kind of been more into like mma and i like joe rogan and do you know who cron gracie is or crone gracie oh yeah yeah dude I've, i love crone and i've seen his dad's he has a video of rickson gracie mm-hmm. and like he, he has like a movie it's called like Unblo- unchained or i forget the name of it but it's oh. crazy it just shows his oh, whole yeah. training uh-huh. um what are you talking about? and um I've just been really inspired by all that and um and I I know one thing I think I might have heard on Joe Rogan's podcast him talking to like this guy called Faraz Zahabi. He has his own gym in Canada. Mm-hmm. But basically they end up talking about how like every f- he they're talking about how like anybody could really end up being a good fighter. Like he thinks that MMA is one of the few sports in which really any kind of body composition can make it to a top level mm-hmm. because you can always adjust your fighting style according to your body type. For Very instance, true. basketball, if you're five foot and you're a male or five three, five five, like, you know, you're probably not gonna make it. 
Like, I mean, it's almost, it's almost, I don't, I don't like the word impossible, but it's like, it's going to be really tough to make it in basketball. Yeah. Like right. NBA. And like, you know, you can look at every, a lot of sports and you probably would have a lot of trouble to make it because of your physiology. But then when it comes right. to fighting, it's like, okay, like if I'm shorter, if I'm more stocky, maybe I have more emphasis on like grappling, jujitsu, wrestling. But then if I'm have more reach, like I can be more of a striker, a kicker like all that like i'm not even an expert but i'm just saying like it comes down to this fundamental principle of like finding your own philosophy yeah of not just what you have yeah not just fighting but i'm talking about life Mm -hmm. and that's when it all comes back to the whole like spirituality thing and like finding out who the fuck you are and then trying to capitalize on what you can do Uh and yeah um yeah definitely um regarding uh, let me think about that so i was gonna say first that uh with bruce lee uh he used to say something he would be like i guess this is one of the the reasons why i really liked bruce lee more than just for his martial arts Mm -hmm. and his his physical prowesses um he was so into what he was doing and he was so like uh authentic in my opinion that he took something that was you know purely like combative you know and he was able to like understand the art of expressing like yourself as a person as a human being um through it which i think is profound um so a lot of the things that i would study from him you know at first i thought was going to be martial arts when i was young but later i just i found myself moving away from combat and just trying to understand who I am as a person and other people as well. Um, so I love that about him. Uh, he would say, and I think this is relevant to something you were saying earlier too, about how he would say instead of a style, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, oh, well, this is, I do this style or I do this style. Instead of instead of a style, you can just say, well, this is me. And how can I express myself here? Like totally. Mm-hmm. That always, like, I would always ponder that and think about that. How can I express myself totally? It is just so fucking badass, like, you know? (laughs) Like, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Because, like, it makes sense. Uh Uh-huh, totally. Like, I don't know, it just makes sense to me because how could you possibly think that if someone, like, you know, I don't know, karate, taekwondo, like, who knows who the fuck even conceptualized these martial arts, but how can you think that this fucking philosophy that someone made so many thousands of years ago would actually work most optimally for you in the same exact way. Like, you know what, what I'm saying? What do you mean? Like, it's kind of like I'm saying, like, how could following one specific doctrine actually be optimal for you if right. this was designed by somebody else? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. And yeah, I mean, I what you're saying. like me saying this could, I'm sure like people, because like the way I live my life right now is, is like an eclectic life. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not... I'm not, I don't follow like a specific religion. I don't, like, yeah, I guess I don't follow a specific religion. Mm. Like, and, um, but I like to research like all types of religions. Like, I, right now I've been looking into like Buddhism and I've been learning about the Dalai Lama and like what he means and kind of like I've just been watching his YouTube nice. videos. And, yeah, and then, you know, I hear people talking about religion, too, like Christianity. Like, of course, growing up, like, my family was Catholic. My parents were both Catholic, so me and my brother did our first communion. 
and things of that sort. Nice. But I don't know. It's just, um, I guess now we're talking about this religion, which I haven't really talked about much on the podcast. So I guess it's kind of an interesting concept because it has to go down to like faith and all that. Yeah. But I remember I, yeah, I was Catholic my whole life growing up. And then I remember it was right around like going to college. And I remember I had like a, the rosary in my car. And I remember some nights like when I didn't feel good and like things weren't going well with whatever. I remember like praying to God and like asking him for whatever, whatever, whatever. But then I remember like I think it was like my first year of college and like things weren't going well. And then I was like in bed and I started doing that. And then I kind of caught myself and I was like, wait, like, I don't really believe in God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't actually have faith. Like, mm-hmm. I never really had that strong faith that, like, I'm, like, I actually believe in God. I see. So then it was almost as if I was praying, like, just to alleviate what I was feeling. But it wasn't, like, I knew in my heart that I didn't actually fully believe in this idea of God and Jesus. Well, I don't know, but I, I'm sure Jesus could have been real. I haven't really mm-hmm. gone too deep into that. But, like, just the idea of God, like... And then I remember catching myself like one night. And then after that, I was like, I'm not going to keep praying to this thing that I'm not even, I don't actually have faith in. Mm. So then I remember I just kind of stopped that. But, and then that kind of takes me almost to like, basically when I graduated, because then I just stopped praying. And then I had like no religious or like faith based, like uh ritual, I guess. Like I didn't do anything based on faith really. Yeah. And then now it's like I'm kind of with all this extra time that I have, it's like it's given me the opportunity to kind of start to develop my own faith where it's like because reading the book, The Genie Within, it's about the subconscious mind. It teaches you about yeah, how to told me about it. Yeah. yeah. Do you have to read it? You haven't yeah. read it? No, I've, right. I've heard a lot, though. You have to read it. But it basically talks about like faith and like how powerful prayers are. Um, and I'm starting to do that. Like I'm starting to like, before I eat a meal, like I say, like, I'm so thankful for this meal. And I'm, like I said, I'm kind of conceptualizing my own kind of philosophy or religion, like as I'm like going my day to day, but, and I try to do what makes more, most sense to me. And like, what I've been doing is like, I'll just be, I'll just kind of take that moment to say, okay, I'm grateful for the food. Thank you, Ma, for cooking it. Um, and then now I'm thinking like, oh, thank you to all the farmers who harvested it. Thank you to all the people who transported that to the grocery store. Thank you to everyone who processed it. Like, I'm almost like, let me give thanks to the people who like legitimately like got this all the way to the point where it's at. Cause I think sometimes we forget that, you know, you can go to the grocery store or go to the store and buy all these things, which is super cool. But of course someone like put in the effort to create the product. Right. Like it didn't just come out of air. Right. So then I kind of just, that's kind of what I've been doing recently is just being grateful for that. And then with regard to faith, it's just been like having positive affirmations towards myself. And, um, and the whole idea of Bruce Lee and so many other things has just really kind of, I've kind of like conceptualized all these things, just driving all these different ideas. And I'm just kind of great creating my own. And it goes, it goes down to the subconscious because I think, well, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't I do what? Why wouldn't someone, you know, just take ideas interpret, from everywhere? Yeah, interpret the re- world around them, and then. You well, know. I think because certain religions, they you basically have to follow only that one doctrine, right. and you can't deviate from that. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I, t- I like just the other day, just like yesterday, I commented on some girl's post about my friend's post about like what's going on right now. And she kind of gave her opinion about it. And she's religious. And honestly, I don't have an it. Like, I don't like everyone could believe in whatever they want. And mm-hmm. in, in reality, I'm going to believe in what I want. But I don't know. Like that person could be right. That person could be right. That person can right. be right. But I'm trusting my intuition and my gut and like where my heart exactly. wants to go. And my heart just wants to just take shit from anywhere. But I'm not I'm not going to go around and tell people that what they're doing is wrong. Right. Like, yeah, if it works, it works. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's kind of why I just asked the question. It's interesting how the topic we were talking about before about interpretation uh, led to this topic about religion. Because I totally think they're related. Um, like what you were saying before about Bruce Lee and how like, um, learning something well I guess you know I guess in my interpretation is like if we ever learn anything we're not learning it we're learning our interpretation of it mm-hmm. right we're experiencing our interpretation of it um, now like as as for faith I just find it interesting and you know my own personal values or I wouldn't even call them personal values just my values um I, I'm starting to feel more like, you know, every day and realizing my own self that uh, we're already like connected to uh, a higher source, you know, so to speak. And so like, it's interesting because I feel like we sever that connection. Um, yeah. I, th- I feel like even people who are not religious at all or don't, or atheists even um it's that's a, that's also an interesting subject cuz I've known people who are very into science and very scientific people um but their knowledge and their understanding has like led them in the same direction as some people I know who are religious mm-hmm. um like for example like someone who is an atheist or very into science you know obviously wouldn't believe in god um but that doesn't mean that they don't believe in a higher order of energy Mm -hmm. that conducts things you know like laws of physics and stuff like that Mm -hmm. you know and uh i don't know have you heard of natural law um maybe but i don't recall what it would mean okay so like natural law is considered i guess and this is like a rough explanation I wouldn't take this for quotations, mm. but natural law is like, um, it's basically the laws that are defined by existence. So like, um, for example, we have a community awareness, right? So like we have a culture and we have, you know, uh, mutual understanding and possible negligence that can occur in that culture. Um, so, um, like as people, um, sorry, I, I guess this is kind of a broad thought. <laughs> it's kind of complicated. Yeah, it's kind of complicated. So, okay, can you tell me what I just said so far, like on the first part of it? Can you communicate that with me? It would help me. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. That's normally what I would do, but I, I was I was kind of 
I was kind of trying to grasp what you were saying, but you said you said the word negligence, and right. to be honest, I'm not sure what that word means. Does oh, that mean like n- to, not doing it? To neglect. Oh, okay, neglect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I I'm trying to remember what I was saying because sometimes when it's so complex, like I have to look at so many facets. You mm-hmm. know. Just try to get the just try to get like the basics. Um. So basically, like, uh we have like an understanding between us as people. We have laws that govern physics. You know, we have laws, you know, like that govern existence. Like there's no law in physics that says like one body can own another body, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is slavery. Right. So there's no natural law that says you're allowed to have a slave. Mm -hmm. That's not a natural law. Okay. So I'm saying it's against artificial, right? I guess. So there's like natural laws that compose our universe, right? Like law of preservation. There's just a lot of laws. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're saying that whenever a human kind of messes with that, then it messes with the natural laws of the universe? Well, there's, I, there's I get, consequences for that? Well, I guess I brought that up because of the fact that like there is an inherent um, awareness that exists like regardless of what your religious orientation is mm-hmm. um and we all kind of abide by it regardless mm. and so like that it that i'm talking about is like nature and in a sense nature you know is like god it's close, you know mm-hmm. so uh we already abide by these laws of nature in a sense uh and when you were talking about earlier how you said you said you believed in like a higher order. Is that what you're talking about? These kind of natural laws? Well, I think these natural laws are just expressions of it. Mm. In a sense. So then what do you what, what's your belief then? Mm, it's it's difficult to explain into words. I just know that like in a way I take different things from different uh areas mm-hmm. that I view in life and I try to see what corresponds together and what makes sense to me. Okay. Does that make sense? So, yeah, I got what you're saying. But if you were to take it, like, super... Because, like, for me, like, I feel like I'm similar to you. Like, you know, we both kind of share that background of having, like, an eclectic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But for me, I could, like, my simple answer, if someone were to ask me, like, what I believe in, like, I would just believe... And I'm just, like, making my own shit up. But I, I like, believe in the universe. Like, a lot of times, like, I'll kind of pray now and I'll say, like, thank you, universe. Like, it's almost like just thanking everything for just having brought it to whatever it is in the present moment. Like I said, I can run through the the farmers, the drivers, Mm -hmm. this, that. But if I could just say, thank you, universe, it's kind of like, I guess my faith is kind of based on probably what you're talking about, about these like natural laws. Mm -hmm. But I would just say that my faith is based on my intuition and what's inside of me. That's why I kind of like the idea of Buddhism because it's like Mm self-creator, like, you know, you have your mind and you can go real deep into it. And then now I've been going really heavy on like, just trust your gut, trust your gut, like always trust your gut. Because like you were saying, like everything that you see from the external world, it's all interpretation. And it's never, it's really hard to get something super objective. And like, you know, we're not computers. We can't just get a software and put it inside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's like you, you see something, it goes through your brain and all the things that make you unique. And then now it's like, inside inside of you but it's never like the same like we can't watch a movie and we interpret the same exact thing like it's impossible so like for me it's like 
like I, I don't there's no religion that's called like intuition but i feel like it's kind of like your intuition and then you follow your intuition and then you kind of follow your destiny like because that idea of destiny before i never really cared about it like it never really made sense but i think it's because i was always like anxiety i had a lot of anxiety i was constantly in that beta state where you just kind of constantly like you know you're looking at everything you're thinking about the past the future everything but the present and so you now call that the beta state yeah that's what the book will teach oh, okay. you like beta cool. state is like the it's like the waves that it's your brain works at yeah. when you're like alert and awake mm. and then there's the alpha the the theta and then the delta, delta is like the yeah. deepest one but yeah i mean i'm kind of conceptualizing this on the spot but if i were to talk about my opinion on like what i believe in and what i have faith in it's almost like i have faith in myself and but and faith in the universe because i know that i am also the universe and so i have faith in my intuition and my gut which i feel like is connected to the universe so it's almost like i, I could say i have faith in the universe and the way in which i'm kind of facilitated my compass to know that i'm in fluidity with the universe mm-hmm. is that i'm trusting my gut my intuition i'm constantly tackling my fears right and i'm allowing my spirit to shine more and when I say like spirit shine more, it's almost as if like my energy is just going, it's just going in the flow that's, it's, that's already always been inside of me, but I'm actualizing it by having faith in it, which, yeah, that it's pretty crazy. Like, that's why I like to relate this to the conscious and the subconscious, it's like the sub. Like the subconscious, I've I've said that it's kind of like this thin blanket that surrounds your spirit. Mm. But if you get it dirty, you have a lot of negative, like um, a lot of negativity that have gone in there because of shit that you've been fed as a child. And when your when your conscious mind wasn't fully developed to actually filter things, like your subconscious is like this thin blanket around your soul, your spirit, and then your conscious mind. The cool thing about the conscious mind is that it allows you to basically facilitate and like kind of clean your that thin blanket. But you have to learn how to use it. Otherwise, you just kind of become your subconscious just takes advantage of you. All those negative affirmations that you have, it just it, it covers your spirit. You're never able to be yourself. You have anxiety. You're worried about judgment because of all these negative ideas that are instilled inside of you. But you use your conscious mind to like watch positive stuff to to like to love yourself to challenge your fears then you kind of start to clean this subconscious like blanket and then now it's allowing to be shining into the universe and i know some of that's kind of philosophical but yeah this is me i'm i'm full well yeah conceptually i think it is but i think when you actually put it into your experience it's very it's a very real thing yeah it's a very real experience um I I think uh yeah I I think that's the way to go about it in my opinion that's just my opinion though you know yeah. so whatever <laughs> yeah but you know as far as I mean personally it just makes sense to me you know uh when you're insecure and you start doubting yourself and you're questioning who you are and you're stressed about your bills and you're stressed about your career and your stress, you know, about expressing yourself, all these things I think pile up on a person and they stop them from being able to actually intuit like their connection with things around them and who they really are and what they really represent. 
mm-hmm. as a as a human being. And um, yeah, I think that's super critical because, like, like in a sense, I feel like we're already connected. Like, you know, some people like who will say like your soul like lives in your body, you know, um, like as if it's a physical thing mm-hmm. and it just lives there. Um, which I don't believe that. I don't know. Do you believe that? Uh, I think uh, the spirit or the soul, I think it's like, it's all kind of with the physical body. But I think once the physical body, like, you know, dies or whatever, I think I'm not too sure. I haven't gotten too crazy into like afterlife type stuff. Uh-huh. But I do think, I think that there's energy and because mm-hmm. I haven't fully thought about that too much but i think that there's energy you know there's that whole idea that energy is never destroyed mm-hmm. nor created it's just transferred yeah the law of conservation of master energy exactly like i believe in that like i believe that the day i die that my physical body will turn into all the nutrients that compose it it'll nice. go into the soil recycle it's actually then, a very supportive argument for reincarnation scientific it's a very good argument yeah law of conservation of mass it's a very good argument and then to go beyond that, like beyond the physical, I feel like that's kind of where the idea of like legacy comes in to where like all of the things that you ever said and then even more particular now because we exist with technology. For instance, we're going to put up this this podcast, this podcast, assuming the Internet still exists after we die, you know, this our voices will still be registered into the grid or the Internet. Right. And, but I think just in general, even without including technologies, like the things that you tell to people will be inside their subconscious and they will teach their kids like something. And it, it might have like a little smudge, like a little, a little bit of what you had taught them. And so I think that like your spirit almost just continues to live through all the things that you had touched through your lifetime almost. Mm. Like, I don't know that, like, that. like the whole idea of reincarnation, like, I haven't gotten too into that, but I think it's possible because right now, like, I'm getting into meditation and, and stuff like that. And I'm, I've am i had, like, certain moments. I've had some, I've had it about four times now since I read this book where um, I'm sleeping. And I, I've had some experiences where I have, like, lucid dreaming, mm-hmm. which I've never been able to do before. Mm-hmm. And then I've had experiences where it's, like, my brain is, like, working so much like visually i think in my dreams and stuff that like it'll get to the point where like my forehead starts to get like warm and then i like it's like this bright white light and then i'll wake up because it's almost like this white light just kind of wakes me up like but it's it, glowing yeah it's like glowing but then like i'll legit wake up and my forehead like my brain is like legit like it's producing heat but it's not like a fever like it's not tingling yeah, it doesn't feel like a fever. It just feels like, it feels like some shit, like, but I've never felt that shit before. Like, up until maybe a couple months ago, mm-hmm. uh, a few months ago, like, I felt that for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's happened about three or four times now. I want to talk about this. This is an interesting subject. Can I, can, can we take a restroom break real quick? Yeah, can you take could a quick go. Break? Go ahead. Oh, thanks. Joe Rogan does that. So I'll just keep talking while you go. All right, cool. <laughs> Joe Rogan does that. <laughs> So wait, before I go, we were talking yeah. about, you were talking about um, the the light in your head yeah, and the, the feeling. Yeah, the light in my head, yeah. Because I want to pick up on that when I get that. Okay. So, no, go ahead, go ahead. So everybody, SG is going to the restroom. 
we're at about 50 minutes getting pretty philosophical here um i probably haven't dived this deep into the my kind of philosophy probably in any of the podcasts but you know gotta gotta make myself vulnerable gotta expose myself and hopefully there's value for you guys the listeners um all these things that i'm talking about is just like legit stuff in my heart and the things that i feel and the things that i've been experiencing um and i think there's a lot of value from that you know i watch i've mentioned joe rogan quite a few times on this podcast but it's not even just joe rogan but it's the guests that he's had on his podcast and the kind of conversations that they have on there because if you know anything about joe rogan's podcast they talk about anything it could be martial arts it can be you know it could be politics sometimes they talk about politics um but mainly joe rogan has a lot of like spirituality and things to do with health and you know they've talked about some experiences i know joe rogan has done dmt if you guys are familiar with that it's like a type of drug and it's not a drug that's very easy to get your hands on from my understanding but it's a type of drug that you can find in like certain types of frogs and i believe there's like a synthetic or artificial form of this drug but from hearing about joe rogan and the other guests on his podcast who have also done this drug dmt and from just other youtube videos that i've seen it's like people go through this like crazy thing when they go on dmt they have like these visual experiences and it's like and it's crazy because the people that go on it according to the people that i've listened to they all have of course a unique experience but it seems to be that they all visually they all seem some they all see something similar like you can look it up on google you can look up like dmt painting and it looks like what they see is like it's like these kind of it's like a bunch of patterns and like faces and like it's like really strange but apparently everyone who goes on that drug sees like something very similar to that and so it's like is there like then that makes me think like is there something deep inside of our conscious mind subconscious like whatever you want to call it in our spirit like is there something deep inside of like every human's mind that basically brings us all together like if people take a certain drug and they all like see something very similar like in spite of their genetics being different like is there something inside of every human being that's like some higher power that is just really hard to tap into i think the interesting thing is that as human beings when we become self-conscious we become like enamored with the illusion that we're separate from the rest of existence um Whereas, like, in reality, we're, like, just as much a part of everything else as everything else is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it doesn't surprise me that people would see the same images or see the same things. Um, it's yeah. crazy, though. Like, it makes you think, like, maybe... That's why I feel like like my whole idea is, like, just digging deeper inside of yourself. And, like, there's something there, like... You know, all these, a lot of the drugs that people do, like cannabis and, you know, the THC and all that, like, we already have, like, we have receptors in our body for this stuff. Right. So, it's like, 
we have a lot of strange not strange but we have a lot of chemicals going on in our body like hormones and things of that sort and you know our body is extremely good at regulating things and and the body likes to have things in a very particular way your body temperature always has to be around 98 if it goes mm-hmm. to 100 then you're fucked if it goes to like under nine you know what i'm saying our yeah. body's extremely sensitive and it has a really good mechanism of regulating itself but it seems like for instance when you go on drugs you get a high concentrated dose of a certain chemical that your body almost never releases or not at that kind of level then you have these experiences which that are like that are very strange but that that happen and they happen you would think that they happen for a reason because i don't know why we would have like i don't know it's just it's it's really weird you know it's almost like if we're a computer right we're a fucking computer and we're digging into the computer like you know you could kind of manipulate the computer you know when we're when people are taking drugs they're basically like almost I don't know what would be the anal- analogy or you said analogous earlier. Yeah. Is that what you should say instead of analogy? Oh, analog analogy would be like uh, the noun. Oh, okay. Analogous is, is like the, uh, uh, what would you adjective? call it? Adjective or adverb? Okay. Well, I, sh- I think I should be using that word, but what would be the analogous for like computer? Right. What would be analogous for a computer? Yeah. Like humans taking drugs basically accentuates certain effects in their body uh-huh what would be the comparison the analogous for a computer oh the analogy yeah um my bad yeah no it's cool um what would be the analogy for a computer a, per- a person taking drugs and then what happening yeah like getting the effects of a drug it's almost like if you input like something like a turbo into a computer i don't know yeah like, i'm just trying like, to come up with an analogy because i feel yeah. like there's so many i guess it could be like a any other like hard drive or like a CD or like any sort of external drive that, that goes you put into inside it. Yeah. that you would boost its boost its capacity. Right, but particularly a program. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd have to be a program because uh, it's different. I think uh, like folders are more like clothing on your body, mm. whereas like a program is something that initializes and affects the whole system. Yeah, or yeah. you can think of it like our body the way it is naturally is like the hardware. And then all the things that you put in is like the software. Oh, right. Something like that. I, I don't know. see that. I'm just coming up with shit right now. But This is a good analogy. That's the point. But you were, what you were saying about uh, you would wake up and you would feel that light in your head mm-hmm. was very interesting because uh, I one of the books that I read uh, talked about, it talked about like, uh, it was trying to find out where the soul is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been speculation over the past few hundred years about like is there a soul can we prove the soul are we just a bunch of atoms our thoughts even you know just reactions of chemistry or are they like really coming from a soul you know um and this book i read was talking about different people uh it's a very good book it had a lot of good references in the book and a lot of good sources but it was talking about how like um your pineal gland um, is said to be where like your soul is seated. Um, and then like your pituitary gland is where like your personality is controlled. So like your mind and your emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's just what I read. And that I, I've read that there was like, um, stories. I mean, there's even stories in the Bible 
of like an illuminated light coming from um jesus's head <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's been like uh i guess it's been kind of like an old idea that's been around in existence for a long time that like when, white light yeah like it's basically it, it corresponds with a lot of different ideas so it you know it corresponds with a lot of different ideas but the idea is that a person is so conscious in their in their brain mm-hmm. in their mind um and there is harmony with the person's heart mm-hmm. and that creates the illumination that people have said over like history to have seen in individuals um yeah so that means i'm the reincarnation of jesus <laughs> <laughs> well I'm yeah just kidding. <laughs> it's actually a good question because what jesus uh you know teaches us teaches a lot of stuff um but i guess you know it just depends how you look at it um you know like with prayer um they call prayer meditation mm-hmm. in the bible too did you know that mm, no i was not aware of that um so when they talk about prayer they're talking about meditation and i don't know if you know about like buddhist meditation or any sort of like uh mental meditation i studied this for like a, almost a year on uh, 2017 because i was really interested in it but um just on your own time mm-hmm. yeah right. oh teach yeah teaches i'll share i uh i've been on like a truth-seeking journey for like eight years okay. with, like very intense just a lot of reading and writing how old are you i'm 28 and you said 10 years so since you were 18 about eight years oh okay yeah, yeah. about 20 then yeah yeah um but anyways um so yeah i've I've read a lot of interesting information i don't want to like come out and be like oh yeah this is how things are because i don't know that it's just stuff i've read yeah i got you You i know a lot of people do that they'll be like oh yeah the world is like this but it's just something they read you know yeah i got you i I try to be honest so that we can all use the info yeah and everyone's got to take this shit with a grain of salt right you know that's what i always tell people and that's the way i live my life so oh yeah so yeah, the idea of meditation is like that there's different types of meditation, but like uh the purpose of meditation is said to be like to raise the focus of one's consciousness to that plane of the soul. Um and then also to achieve coordination between their physical body and their inner subtle bodies and their soul. Um like it's very common that um most meditation as we know today is very unlike that you know we we do it to relax we do it to clear our mind we do it to not think you know just observe our thoughts sometimes mm-hmm. um let it come up or let it not and this is very different from a different type of meditation which is called a raja yoga meditation based uh, on buddhism uh, it's based on Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, um, which I think inspired a lot of cultures later. Um, that was the name of a, the person who came up with that meditation? Uh, so it had been practiced orally for a long time, supposedly, for this individual, Patanjali. But Patanjali was said to be the first person to write it. Um, and they're called the Yoga Sutras. And Raja Yoga is said to be like the uh, um, the last form of yoga. Hmm. 
So there's like a bhakti yoga. Bhakti is like a it's a physical yoga, I think. Bhakti. And it has to do with uh devotion and worship. And then there's uh there's other yogas like um which consist of like focusing on your centers. There's ones that teach like us how to use our body, control our body like asanas and different uh postures and positions. Historically though they say that uh these different yogas were used at different points in human development. Hmm. Um they say like uh for example the physical yoga I don't remember all the names of them. I haven't read it in a long time but the physical yoga like they said taught humans how to control their organs and like movements that are now involuntary hmm. and autonomous. Um but yeah so raja yoga raja means king it's similar to the Latin word regis, uh, which means king. And uh, raja refers to like the soul. It's called the kingly science of the soul. Um, so yeah, in raja yoga, um, it's very different than how we normally do meditations. Yeah, Because on one hand, you have like a person who has the opportunity to calm down and relax and feel good. And the other, the other hand, we have like a person, like a, a situation where you have to work very hard on the mental plane and think, um, and they produce different results. So, but yeah, the, I read about the, the Raja yoga and it was very interesting. It talks about, um, being able to meditate and to improve your concentration. There's five stages of what's called illumination and, um, the first stage is called concentration. It's like to be able to, the ability to hold your mind in the light of your soul uh, for a short period of time. And then the second stage is called meditation. And um, that's a meditation is a prolonged form of concentration. So to be able to hold your mind steady in the light for a longer period of time, prolonged periods of time. It's the same intensity? Well, the intensity increases because the time increases. You're doing it for longer. So whereas, for example, if you c concentrate for two minutes, right, versus concentrating for 10 minutes, the 10-minute concentration is going to have a lot more intensity, right? Yeah. And naturally, as your concentration improves, the intensity will also be in increase as well. Yeah, because in order to keep yourself at that level, you need to increase the intensity. Yeah, I yeah. got you. And it's a natural response to doing something. Your ability so to is it handle. almost is it almost like the concentration just builds you up to be able to do the meditation? Yeah, in a sense, in a sense, it does. It, it prepares you um, because concentrating can you know is like a prerequisite for meditation. Meditation can be very overstimulating. Um, it can bring a lot of energy into your body, and a lot of people don't know what to do with it. So, taking your time is is good. You know, doing short increments a day for maybe a year. Just kind of getting your body used to concentrating. I read that it's actually uh, very difficult for the mind to even concentrate for longer than 12 seconds without being interrupted. Actually, they said if you can concentrate for even 12 seconds without derailing your thought, that's really impressive. For Remember? more than 12? Yeah, or even 12. Dude, I've been, I think I've been able to get past that then. I'm sure you have. The, Wait, yeah. The way. It, We'll get back. I know we're, we're leaving off on meditation, but mm -hmm. real quick, just this is kind of my 
life experience where I feel like I was kind of practicing what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I've been juggling a soccer ball, right? Mm-hmm. And I've never been someone who could juggle a soccer ball more than like 10, 15 times. And then I started practicing juggling pretty much almost every day. And sometimes I would do it for like legit a couple hours. And I've been doing this consistently for pretty much since the start of this year, maybe Mm -hmm. about February. And I've been applying the idea of flow state, which I feel has to do with what you're talking about. And... The way I challenged myself, I did it right here in this room, was trying to juggle a ball for 60 seconds. And I think I was already able to do that before because I had juggled the ball about 100 times, if not more. But now I'm in this space and I was trying to do it with the mat, my yoga mat on the floor. And, you know, I've got my TV, my bed, my clothes, my my -hmm. fridge. Just to give context for the listeners, my room's like 10 by 10, but with all this shit in the way, like I only had like five by five to really try to juggle the ball. Mm-hmm. And so I basically challenged myself, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to juggle the ball for 60 seconds up in the air and then I'll go outside and do my workout. Nice. Like, I don't know. I was just so, I thought it would be so easy that I was like, oh, I'll just do that and then I'll go outside. Well, that's brilliant. And then, but that's then brilliant. it actually turned out to be a lot harder than I thought yeah. because uh-huh. of the whole situation plus i was barefoot when you try to juggle a soccer ball while being barefoot it's a lot harder than when wearing shoes right because the shoes kind of flatten everything out right your toes have a bunch of curves on it so it makes it harder right so i ended up spending the first day i challenged myself to do that i spent about 45 minutes before i could get the 60 seconds down and what I noticed was because 45 if, minutes for 60 seconds that's yeah, to do, right? yeah. That's what's up. so then what I noticed, though, because obviously I had my stopwatch, I'd set the 60-second clock, and then at 60 seconds it would go off. But what I noticed was that when I first, first try started, like I wasn't trying, I was very chill because I thought it would be so easy. Mm-hmm. I got to about 20, 30 seconds. Nice. Then I was like, okay, like I gotta like after doing that for a while and I couldn't get to 60, I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta focus on something. I gotta get like something has to change. So then I think I'm like, okay, I got to have better form. Got to relax my shoulders. Got to gotta try to, you know, lift up from the glute and just relax my ankles and so that my foot doesn't turn a specific way. Mm. And then I was like, I was trying all these different things to try to, like, get it to get better. But I was finding myself getting caught at, like, 15, 20 seconds. And I was just like, man, I did 15. I was hitting, like, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, like, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, like, 20 minutes. And then I was like, fuck, man, like, I got to change something again. And I, I was constantly changing things, but everything I changed only kind of kept me around the same area. So then what, I, and then obviously then you have to consider that I'm actually getting, you know, starting to get physically and kind of spiritually tiring yeah. or because of concentration. Uh-huh. But then I was like, nah, fuck that. Like, <laughs> I'm going to fucking get this shit done, bro. Like, you know, yeah. I was like, I'm going to get it done. And then... I ended up, sh- the, the thing that shifted me, which almost immediately, I think it might have been my first or second try once I, I changed my mindset to this, I thought about Bruce Lee and I was like, oh, I don't need to focus on like keeping my body relaxed. Oh, I need to focus on my shoulder. I don't need to try to correct my form because I've already been working on all that. And realistically, I'm not going to correct my form just in this one fucking session. So I was like, oh, like all I have to do is increase my emotional content. I need to have that determination because I was trying to do it, but in a... Like, my body was still very relaxed, right? It was almost like, 
oh i gotta fix my posture i gotta do this your way i was trying to do something methodical when in reality it's just the intensity my determination needed to go up it goes into the flow state my anxiety wasn't high enough yeah and then i thought about the flow state i thought about bruce lee i was like ah i need that determination but then you have to think to yourself how could you make yourself determined i what i ended up doing in that moment was i it picked up my breathing i was like and then on top of that i just stopped i really stopped giving a fuck like i was like i can do this like i'm going to do this so then i forgot about technique i forgot about all that shit i was like yeah. i'm gonna fucking it's almost like i Which got are distractions yeah, yeah it was almost be distracting yeah i almost got like that aggressiveness like when i was like when i'm in track or cross country and mm-hmm. i knew i was about to do like a race like that determination of i'm about to run like a, a sub 60 400 right like i kind of got that mindset I'm, I'm like i'm gonna fuck this ball up but it was <laughs> determination i wasn't actually angry and but i kind of got myself into it by getting into that mindset of determination just the one the same one i would have like while running which obviously i've experienced so you can just simulate that and just because your subconscious doesn't know reality between what's not real that's interesting right so i can think of myself having a determined mindset of like i'm about to run a 400 meter race and then i i'm i'm in it like you don't even actually have to be in that situation i've been observing lately that that energy that you put into your determination I've been observing lately that that is sexual energy. Is it? I think it is. I wouldn't doubt it. I think it is. I recently had a realization of, I guess, more, I realized more at that point than I had before. Um, like how to identify what sexual energy was. Because I was so confused. I thought it was just like related to sex. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. So It's just where the energy derives from? Right, because like law of attraction, you know, it's not necessarily just about being physically attracted to things. Mm-hmm. You know, we refer it to even like getting a new car, like getting, you know, getting a better lifestyle for ourselves, uh, even friends. So like, uh, we don't. I, I realize that sex, the word sexual and the word attraction aren't really specifically denoting or connotating like actual like physical activity. sex. Yeah. 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 So I think that's sexual energy, which is interesting. Yeah. And then real quick, just to yeah, finish ahead, the story please. off. Um, I basically shifted my mindset and I kind of got myself by having that mindset of like being determined and almost like, mm. like increasing my breathing, but almost like that, that kind of breathing that you do when you know you're going to have to go fuck shit up. Right. Right. So the then, intensity. and then dude, like, boom, like I fucking first or second try, like I went over a minute. Like nice, I went bro. like. I don't know because really? my alarm stopped at a minute, but dude, I ended up going for like probably 90 seconds. Nice. And then I remember like I was even like, I was fucking pumped, dude. Cause like, I know it's just me in my fucking room playing with the soccer ball, but it was almost like a level of satisfaction that I only got like a couple of times in my running career. Like, and I had it right here in my fucking room, just juggling a ball. Right. Like legit, I had the satisfaction of like, if I, I run, I, I won like a really big race. Right. Like, it was, like, I'm legit, like, fucking doing this. Of course. And my brother had just gotten here. And it was a legit accomplishment because I didn't give up and I fucking, like, I figured it out. You know? And and then thinking about it because the thing was, the other thing that I noticed when I was trying too hard and when I was trying to put all this thought into my form and shit, like, the 15 seconds would feel like a long time. But me knowing about the flow state concept, I knew that... The only way I'd be able to get through the 60 sef- seconds was if I got into flow state. But the funny thing is, is that when you're in flow state, you don't perceive time, nor do you perceive yourself. <laughs> right. So it's like, 
it's kind of strange but it was just like i had too much conscious f i had too much conscious thought but it's kind of weird because i know that i needed to stop the conscious thought but it was like I, that was kind of fucking me up that but then sense. once i picked up the intensity like i was talking about earlier once the anxiety matches the intensity you get into flow so then i got that aggression i got the breathing going and then this the 90 seconds that i did it, it literally felt like i was juggling for nothing because i was actually immersed in the moment right and um and then i went on to do that i I told myself i was gonna do it every single day to see like eventually if i could just juggle the ball first try for 60 seconds but i ended up doing it for like maybe three or four times after that and every time i did get progress i did get it down progressively quicker i wouldn't get it within the first try because it's strangely enough although i kind of quote-unquote figured it out it's still something that you have to train and um i think if i were to do it now i actually would probably be able to do it pretty quick but um well that's what you were doing when you were doing it for 20 seconds and 15 seconds mm -hmm. you were almost like gauging the level of anxiety that you needed to bring to the table yeah right and then when you realized that you were like okay i want to be i'm going to approach it with that determination yeah then it just happens yeah that shit was just fucking crazy, but it, I think it went along with what you're saying. Cause I was definitely concentration. No, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, there's no way. And of course, if my technical skills were better, I probably could have juggled it without having to have done been been that fucking. Well, how would your technical skills get better from concentrating, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, what I'm saying is like, my, you know how at the beginning I could get to about 20 seconds without being fully focused? Mm -hmm. Like I'm saying someone else who has more technical ability, yeah, probably because of just having more concentration, right. they would probably be able to get to 60 seconds without the level of determination that I had to do. Con concentration is like, is like pull-ups for your, for your mind. Yeah. Um, to concentrate, uh... To concentrate is like to be able to focus on a thought, to be able to think about what you want to think about. Also, concentration is to be able to not think about what you don't want to think about. Um, also, I mean, you know, uh, there's a lot, a lot of people like wish that they could uh, not think about certain things, you know, mm -hmm. and a lot of people wish they could focus more on certain things. And um, also, if you notice, a lot of people don't. Uh, they don't think a lot. I don't know if you know this. I found this out a while ago after talking to certain people and kind of surveying. But I guess people uh, don't, a lot of people don't think about conversations for very long after they happen. Hmm. Um, I found out that that also is related to concentration. Um, but yeah, uh, so concentrating... Yeah, it's difficult to do 12 seconds because you'll notice even when you're juggling the ball, from the moment the foot or the ball leaves your foot and when it's in the air, there's that split second of time, right? And you have that time, you can you can think about something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And but I, as you as you increase your ability to stay uh, juggling the ball, your those those windows of of thought that goes elsewhere shorten um so it's interesting but yeah it's I, it's very difficult if you try even just like thinking about something for 12 seconds you'll notice that like some other thought comes in whether it's like oh what's that noise or oh uh that felt weird or uh, you know like something comes up that's like thing yeah it's anxiety mm -hmm. you know yeah definitely i actually 
anxiety when I read I looked up the definition of anxiety when I was younger like in my earlier 20s it said something I don't remember where I read it but it said when you have adrenaline that you don't use mm-hmm. is anxiety yeah, that's that pretty sense, much it right? yeah but and then the the reason I think you have to face your fears is because if you don't then it's almost like you're just letting that shit sit there but then once you get like for instance like um like i really think that a lot of anxiety comes from insecurity and so i could be sitting here and being worried that the the shit that i'm coming out is coming out of my mouth is not going to be liked by the people who's going to listen to it right but i'm not worried about that because i'm because i i don't i actually i've gotten to the point where i'm actually i don't care if the people like it or not like Obviously, like I would hope that the shit that I'm saying is informative, and if I got feedback, then I could use that to better myself. But I actually I'm not worried about what people are gonna think about what I'm saying right now. So then I'm able to stay in my flow. Hmm. Now, if I was nervous as fuck, then Hmm. it would depend. Then I might have to increase the intensity to make up for it. That's why I feel like a lot of people are nervous. They start to talk really fast, or Mm -hmm. like they start to like fucking move their fingers. Like, or, like, fucking shake their foot. You're saying that's because of... You're saying, why do people do that? Why do they start, like, yeah. shake? Well, it's because they, they have anxiety. Because oh, okay. they, they have, like you just said, it's energy that... Doesn't get used. That doesn't get used. Yeah. So then you, you're shaking to get yeah. rid of it. Why, if you're anxious before a test, before you go talk to this girl, before you take an exam, like, you're fucking shaking yeah. to then compensate for the fact that you have anxiety and need to expend that energy. Yeah, the the nervous system in the human body is the link between your uh, energetic body and your physical body. Uh, you're, so you, like how you said when you get overstimulated, you get shaky. Mm-hmm. It's because your nerves are stimulated. Your nervous system has been stimulated. And like you said, you're not using it. So, yeah. yeah, and then you compensate by shaking and doing all these fucking things. But then that takes you away from your concentration. Mm-hmm. So then the shit, like using my my intellect, using my past experience, using all that, like then I lose that. Like if you notice when you're super anxious, like you're like, oh, like you can't fucking think. Like right. if, a, if a cop pulls you over and you're nervous as fuck, like he's going to ask you some shit and like, you know, you know the answer, right. but then you can't even figure it out because the anxiety almost like fucking... It, distracting you is it yeah it distracts you like you can't use your conscious mind the way that you, yeah you know and like you know your subconscious has like an infinite capacity for memory but you can't even tap into those memories because the anxiety it's it's not allowing you to because when you're nervous you're thinking about all these alternatives like when mm. you're when you're nervous and you go to an exam like fuck i paid 500 bucks like if I don't pass this shit, like, my mom, I'm going to look fucking dumb because I told everybody I was going to pass it. Like, think about when you have anxiety, you're thinking about what every other person is going to judge you right. on. So, you know what that comes that's from? That's crazy. That comes from uh, placing authority outside of yourself, in my opinion, in my experience. Mm-hmm. When we place authority outside of ourselves and and our own soul, mostly, not really our flesh. I mean, just like our when we place the authority away from our own soul... We're constantly looking outside for confirmation, mm-hmm. for approval, and for acceptance. And and sometimes it can just it can happen just from putting ourselves around people who do that. Uh, it's interesting. But uh, so you were saying that if a person can concentrate more, they'll be less overstimulated and less nervous. 
Is that what you're saying? Uh, no. I'm saying that someone who constantly tackles their fears or in other words, tackles their insecurities, uh-huh. then the external world has less effect on their emotional status. Oh. And so then, by the well, not by default, but in effect, then you have a lot more control of being in flow. I see. So, like, ta- so tackle your fears first. Yeah, because basically your fears are your... They... Like things that you fear or things which make you uncomfortable just bring to light insecurities. Right. I think a lot of people don't recognize that because they don't reflect on it. Right. Like me going outside and me being shirtless and that making me insecure, it ends up being because I give a fuck about what they might think about the way I look. Right. But then I go out there and I fucking do it anyways. And then while I'm there, if I start thinking to myself like I feel ashamed or anything... Then all I have to do is just think about it. Okay, why do I feel ashamed? Oh, because they're going to judge me. Why do I care if they're going to judge me? Uh, Because you end up getting to the point where it's like it's an insecurity because you're insecure about that thing because you care about what they think. But then when you really get to it, it's like, I know I'm a good person. I know that the way my physical body doesn't tell you anything about my character. So then you get to the end result that, oh, it doesn't actually matter what they think. And if... If that person and just, you know, this could be based on anything, but if somebody looks at you and they don't actually know you and they judge you to say whether you're, you know, good or bad based off of something very surface level, then you could have empathy for that person because they're at a point in their life where all they want to spend their conscious effort on is just judging someone without actually knowing them. So then you realize, like, you're the fucking, like, once you could overcome that, then you're the fucking winner. And people that are judging you, they're the ones that are losing. Right. So then it's like you flip the whole thing around. You're like, oh, shit. Like, first off, like, if that person judges me off of something surface level, then it doesn't matter. And if they do that, then I could have empathy for them because they're spending their time on something like that. Right. That's why some and then you get to the realization that like, okay, I could just do whatever the fuck I want. Right. And oh, then, okay, like I, I said, and then because you end up having empathy, then it changes changes that cynical mindset that you probably would have like, oh, fuck that guy for judging me. Like you would get upset. But the anger is only because you have the insecurity. So then this is like a lot of stuff is like Gary Vee's philosophy, but I think it, it goes really like spiritual level. But you just stop judging people. You stop judging yourself. And then you, like I said, you get to that point where you, instead of being upset, then you have empathy for that. They want to just judge people. And it's probably because they have an insecurity. Right. Uh, yeah, that's, it's, that's it's pretty weird. But I think it's super important for us to be more understanding as people, as humans. Yeah. Because, yo, know, we go through so much and it's so easy to, like, blame other people and point fingers. But, like for the very same things to take responsibility for them people see it's very hard it's very difficult um but yeah i i agree with what you just said i think being able to overcome your fears is a is really important i mean you can't really do anything um when you have that fear inside of you that shit kills you bro yeah yeah it inhibits you and you know it's yeah it inhibits you um being able to uh just be as yourself yeah it's super important knowing who you are um knowing who you are and what you are 
And I feel like just saying, knowing who you are, it sounds so like... uh, cliche or like you know yeah. people always say that shit. yeah like almost like it's like a platitude like it's you said too many times to even have any meaning mm-hmm. you know um i feel like that's actually one of the reasons that's actually i think a big philosophy behind this podcast like there's a lot of like these cliches like oh just be yourself like mm-hmm. all like people say that shit but they don't describe what it means to actually get to that point right or what and, it even means to yeah what does thing. it even mean so that's why i'm putting like that this is like this podcast a lot of the shit i talk about has just been my journey finding out what the fuck that shit mm-hmm. means okay. and that's why I, I made my own definition of self-love like trusting your intuition being number one supporter um being compassionate because i do think being kind to the external world has intrinsic effects um and mm-hmm. yeah like i made up my own definition because it's like just telling me oh like just go treat yourself like that doesn't tell me anything like what i had to just right. if i feel like eating a cheeseburger i go eat it and that's self-love right like it's not that simple it's not, yeah like it's not that it, it's it's a very deep spiritual level but i think the reason people don't talk about it is because it fucking hurts like you think the idea of self-love is this very like romantic image of like you bathing yourself in a warm bath and then afterwards watching netflix and then afterwards eating dark chocolate well yeah i think i think people don't uh talk about it because they don't because it's uncomfortable as fuck i just don't think they uh they're able to i think there's still too much difference between what's a concept to them and what's actual and i think that comes and comes over time as like a healing um because you know that's like where the whole foundation of desensitization comes from is to like uh separate reality from concept and to not be able to tell reality from concept and um stuff like that because in a sense like if i'm talking about something and i and i'm it's a concept i'm not able to see that oh well if i'm actually in the position of a person who doesn't know how to identify what it's like to be themselves then um i'm not actually putting myself in an actual situation i'm living from a concept about what's going on um and comp yeah concepts are incomplete yeah yeah and it goes like i feel like what you just said kind of goes with the idea of like i've been hearing this more often but like if you don't love yourself you can't love somebody else Mm -hmm. like because it's almost like if you don't know who you are then how could you possibly help somebody else in a sense and to not go too far because i feel like i was going kind of aggressive there i'm not being aggressive i'm just being determined and excited yeah but I'm saying this, but not not everybody has the opportunity to even get to a point where what I'm talking about, because then we, this can go back to to slavery and things of that sort. Like, I'm fortunate to be able to do what I'm doing right now, but it's only because I feel like I had love growing up. I have the foundation right now to where I'm not fucking fighting to just get food and then. Like, I'm not, my conscious mind isn't scattered everywhere to try to just fucking live. That's real. Like, that's why, like, I'm saying this shit, but I I know it's not that fucking easy. Like, I'm very fortunate to have mm. the foundation that I have right now mm. to then get to this point. But I'm not going to sit here and, like, I'm not going to sit here and dwell on the fact that I have this opportunity. That's why I'm taking advantage of it. And I'm, I'm talking about it on the podcast so other people can hear me and maybe it can help them. But again... People who have to go through discrimination, people who have a really tough time financially, people who have a tough time 
Like, you know, like some people, some countries, you don't have the freedom to do almost anything. Like women have to cover themselves up to their face. And like, you know, sometimes in certain societies, I know that people are born and they're already given like who they're going to marry, what kind of uh, career path they're going to have. Like everything's already planned out. So someone in a society like that, it'd be really hard to get into a really deep spiritual state. I feel like. Right. Because I feel like you need the flexibility to actually kind of find yourself and it's hard if everything already has structure right having someone tell you what you're going to do is not knowing yourself that's not knowing yeah exactly so that's all i'm saying like i'm not trying to make it seem like it's actually that easy because i know there's certain people that have so many things to actually worry about just to get food to have to take care of their kids right you know it's not that fucking simple but i do think that kind of learning about it I think whether it's on your drive, whether it's with your five, ten minutes where you could spare in a day to just do some shit. Like like you were saying, you could do meditation for like ten minutes a day or like, you know, the little shit could accumulate. Even if it's just facing one fear, like one fear, one fear. like. I, I, yeah, I ha- a lot of it has to come, do with coming in contact with the truth. Yeah. Uh, and just having it be admitted in a place that you're there. Mm-hmm. Um. I think uh, knowing yourself, um, I think I think the way that we you know go about things. How if we don't know how to know ourselves, um, we're not going to be able to understand other people because the way and how we do know ourselves uh, is not self knowledge. And so when it comes to how we know other people, it's reflecting, you know, not self-knowledge. It's not reflecting knowledge. Mm. Um, and that's why I agree with your statement in that, that cliche of, you know, you, you can't love another person until you love yourself. And I also agree with that with, you know, you can't respect another person until you respect yourself. Mm. Because you're, you're, if you respect yourself at a certain, you know, level, and you think that's respect, that's how you're going to respect other people mm. you know so if you okay i got what you're saying yeah it's crazy dude if you want i'm gonna use the bathroom real quick oh sure man. Do you want to if you want to keep talking to people oh it's i up mean to you. i don't know i'll wait i'll wait you wait yeah it's already all right i'm back you guys uh i'll definitely cut that shit out because i don't want it just blank but no we're at an hour 35 sg okay Dude, that's that's a fucking record, bro. That's a record. Yeah, I think the longest I've done is like maybe like an hour five. Oh, nice. N- nothing over an hour ten. Well, we have a lot of talk, a lot to talk about. We still have a lot more. I feel like, but. yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking about. <laughs> I know I keep referencing Joe Rogan, but because uh-huh. like you look at Joe Rogan, like I think it's an actual art form, like being able to hold conversations like this. Right. Because if you think about it. It goes down to the flow state idea. Like, we're flowing right now. Like, if there's a big pause or if, like, we get too nervous, like, then the fluidity stops. And so, but so long as you have someone who facilitates it, obviously, I'm the host in this case, Mm -hmm. then we could keep the energy going, right? Right. That's why I'm saying, like, it's a real art form what Joe Rogan does because he'll he'll do three, four-hour podcasts. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's not that fucking easy. Like, it takes takes kind of experience, like, on both sides, kind of. If you look at Joe Rogan's podcast, the people that are more like, well, I think some people just actually don't have the time to stay there four hours, yeah. right? But in certain cases, you could tell that Joe Rogan's episodes will cut shorter when there's actually like a lack of like flow between him and mm. the people. But when 
you see Joe Rogan talking to someone like fucking Eddie Bravo or one of those guys who are like his actual good friends, mm-hmm. like they'll have three, four hour podcasts because they could just keep the energy flowing for like an infinite period of time. Sense. I mean, flow state for me is like, you know, flow has is a, is a something passing from one direction into another direction. Mm-hmm. And so for me, a flow is a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to have a flow, you have to be relating to you to your environment yeah i agree um and so i think it is an art form for that reason uh you know i think flow state in conversation between people gets limited when one person feels like okay i'm not relating to this anymore yeah you know um so yeah yeah or it could be that someone either a because i feel like this is the way i used to be like Mm. I guess I felt like I didn't really know how to express myself. I didn't have good vocabulary. I feel like my pronunciation was like pretty garbage and it's, it's just getting better now. Uh, but then the other thing, I think I was just self-conscious. Because even if you don't, if you're not eloquent in the way you speak, I think everybody could technically talk for hours and hours and hours. Right. It's just, yeah, it's like it's like finding that fluidity. And I think the fluidity comes from like actually knowing yourself and the beliefs that you have. Because now I could sit here and I, I feel like I can talk for hours and hours and hours. But it's only because I feel like I have a better understanding of myself and the world around me. Right. But before, it's like, you know, you could be thinking like, what the fuck am I going to talk about? Yeah. But there's an infinite amount of shit you can talk about. Yeah, it's like someone, uh, well, I don't remember who said it, but someone once said that a person or a human grows as they observe themselves in relationship with others. Hmm. A person grows as they observe themselves in a, in relationship in relationship to others yeah so or, it's I, or i guess it could be to yourself too because that's a relationship too your relationship with yourself mm-hmm. you know? i think that's a good point because i do think that you could get pretty far just meditating by yourself and doing a lot of things in just by yourself but i think that a big part of growing is actually fucking talking to other people yeah relating because then you then you get different ideas you get different perspectives and on top of that, you get uncomfortable depending on who the fuck you're talking about. Right. Like, you know, like you're probably someone who's come on the podcast. I don't know you as well as some of the people that I've had on. So yeah. there was like some degree of like, of like, I had to like, really, I had a like almost, uh, it's almost like I had to like keep myself calm in a way. Yeah. If that makes sense, and then just kind of build the energy from there. Yeah. Versus if I knew you super well, then I already know how to fucking play with you. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I kind of totally. have to like fuck around just to feel the vibe. But that's right. Uh, but anyways, uh, there's actually. Are you down and just keep going? Sure, I'm down. All right. Because there is a bunch of shit you keep. I wanted to ask you about your music. Oh, okay, down. So I think I had a question like. Yeah. Um. I wrote down here, I actually wrote down a few questions, but I said, what got you interested in making music and what value does it bring to your life? Okay. So people who are listening, if you still are listening, we're almost <laughs> at an hour 40, but SG makes music. He produces beats and like, you know, he produces beats and then he also is a music, like singer, rapper on top of that. I don't know how you, I mean, that's me defining you, but you can tell me. Oh yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, what got me making music originally was just like, 
it was a mixture of circumstance and inspiration. Hmm. When I was like a little kid, I remember my sister would play piano with a teacher, and I was really eager as a kid to go play too. So I would beg my mom, "Can I please, please, please put me in a class, please?" And、uh, she put me in a class, and I just loved it immediately. I never, I never th- saw myself as a musician ever until. 2018. Oh wow, that was recent. Yeah, I I I I I just got into a, a motorcycle accident at the time, and I was asking myself like, like I I asked my I yeah I have a, I have an interesting you know, family life growing up which has left me with interesting predispositions of characteristics. But、um, as far as that year 2018, I had reached a point where like. I realized that I could be a musician if I wanted to.、Mm. Um, I had never really had anyone introduce the idea of me, or even the possibility of me being a musician to me. Although you were playing piano since you were super young, right? Yeah, I did it for myself and to play for my family, and that was literally it.、Mm. Uh, but I, I loved it for myself. I just didn't really realize how much I loved it.、Um, So yeah, at that point, 2018, I was like, "Wow, I could actually do music," and it wasn't even about like financially I can do music. It was like, "Oh, this is okay for me. I'm allowed to do this." It was kind of weird, you know.、Mm-hmm. But anyways, so、uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how I started、uh, making music. But.、Um, What value it gives me and wh- why I keep doing it、uh, is I'm sure there's multiple reasons.、Um, music for me, I've been learning more about it, like how like the artist reflects the times and history and stuff、mm-hmm. like that. And、um, so for me, as someone who I just feel like I have a lot to express. And not necessarily a lot. I just have thing a lot that is unexpressed. Let's、There、put it that、go. way.、Yep. Um, and music was kind of like a, a, it was a release for me. I would feel like how I thought I should feel for that moment. Like the、know? weight was off your shoulders. Yeah, it just felt lighter, just better. Yeah, like bursting with energy and、mm-hmm. like that that would permeate like all of me.、Mm-hmm. Um. So, but the honestly, everything since two thousand and let's see, it's probably like six years ago. So yeah, since like two thousand fourteen, everything I've done and that I wanted to do,、um, I've chosen to do it with the intention of serving others、mm. um, and sharing from my heart. So that's really what brings、uh, me the most value, and what really keeps me going, is knowing that like I can bridge my thoughts and you know with other people,、um, but also that I can bring something in that you know that I can I can maybe you know from the sacrifices or whatever experiences I made and, cho- and chose in my life that I can bring something to the table from that. Okay, so it's、yeah. almost like. So the value that producing music brings you is, first off, seems like just therapy and just probably finding out about yourself and just allowing 
yourself to lose that kind of probably pressure build up kind of things in your mind mm-hmm. that you maybe i'm sure there's a lot of stuff in your music that you share that you probably never shared before like Absolutely. at least not to like a lot of people so you're discovering yourself in the process it's therapeutic you probably gain confidence because you expose yourself you make yourself vulnerable and you know that this is open to the whole world and then you probably build confidence off of that and you probably maybe even got surprised by all the good feedback i'm sure on certain occasions yeah. you're like holy shit i didn't think my message could be inspiring or holy shit i didn't think you know it would be received so well. yeah. yeah and so you gain confidence from that and you actualize yourself and then i like the last part that you're making which pretty much everything you're saying is the same shit for me but obviously different context but the same idea that i've the same experiences that i've been having um the last part that you said i think it's pretty fundamental to being a happy healthy human is the giving and being kind and actually having compassion and doing it with your heart i think that part is actually really really important and i think you don't do it so that you feel good like you're not you don't help people with stuff so that oh so i can feel better but you do it like from your heart and then inadvertently you actually do get fucking happier mm-hmm. off of that shit yeah yeah i wouldn't say that i i'm uh as i know i said I, it's because i can bring something to the table but it's not for the sake of bringing something to the table exactly you know? it's not just to be able to say oh i brought something yeah 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 because yeah. if i don't have anything to bring i'm not going to bring something not not, bring, yeah, yeah. I don't care if my name is on the table if I don't have anything to bring that's worth anything for people. Um, so yeah, that's that is just a little. I wanted to clarify what I said earlier, because it's super important for me to to try and be open-minded, mm-hmm. um, and that means I have to constantly look at my own preconceived notions from the past and new ones and disarm them you know and be able to be like okay i just learned this it can either uh help me or it can hold me back um so yeah um yeah i mean i i think with music i i can't really I, I feel like if a person has been, if a human being has been through experiences and they feel like they want to share things, you don't even have to like know what you want to share. Just knowing that you feel, mm-hmm. it's like you. It'll just come out. Right. Like there's It'll there's something. Out. Yeah. That's an intuition. That we in, I think we intuit a truth. Um. Yeah, I mean, if you just put yourself out there, and be willing and open minded. I think you can learn a lot that, you know, can be really useful and valuable and rare information. And it's, I think it's only rare because of the fact that of how few people are open-minded. And, and how many people are willing to share their personal stories. Right. Because a lot of people have Absolutely. badass fucking inspiring stories, but they're too scared to do it. And the fear denies them from ever actually doing it right and I'm again sure. i'm not i'm not here like i'm not here to try to make myself seem better than anybody right i just know and i know that fear 
it fucking you know it kills your growth but again like depending on the deck of cards that you got when you were born you know you might not have the confidence to ever tackle your fear but i'm not i'm not here to like you know i'm not here to say like oh you're a pussy for not tackling your fears like i know that shit's harder it's different for everybody yeah you know but what i think is like you can take them the steps can be so like it can be so subtle like like the more difficult your life is i think in fact you should actually be more and more subtle with how you challenge your fears like for instance the more difficult your life is the more subtle you should be trying to challenge your fears yeah in certain aspects i feel like because sometimes challenging your fears is like fucking like i don't know like let's say because if you because i've done this like i've challenged my fears like i was because i got on this whole shit of like challenging my fears so there were certain weeks where i'd go really really fucking hard at Mm. it but again it goes back to like the idea that like you only have so much spiritual energy too and i feel like when you tackle your fears it takes a toll on your emotions so that's why I'm saying, like, if your uh, life is already fucking stressful as fuck, good advice. then it's just, like, do tiny little increments of, like, of challenging your fears. Like, don't, I mean, you could fucking go hard, but then you're probably going to have a period where it's, you're going to have to recover. Right. Like, I've had it, I've had times where I go, because going on social media and posting shit is hard for me. Yeah. And I had times where I went super, super hard in a week, and then I felt fucked up for, like, three or four days. Right. And I had to almost, like, kind of, gather myself back together and then now i'm back at it but now i know that i can feel it when i've been going a little hard so i know how to i know how to back off but it's almost like that's why now like with the podcast i've i've structured it so i do three posts a week and then i'll do i still post other content like on linkedin and facebook mm. but i spread it out because right. each each platform is a li- like in terms of the level of fear that i get from it it's different on every platform like on linkedin for whatever reason i feel safe oh. i'll just post on there whenever and i'm i'm not because i don't know it's a professional setting so I'm, yeah. i don't think i know that i feel like people wouldn't judge me on there but then when it comes to instagram instagram's like the shit that that's probably the most fearful i'm the most fearful of it's become a lot less i'm pretty chill with posting on instagram and then for instance like tiktok like tiktok i fucking posted like five videos the first day i made one but it's because I know that none of my personal friends are following it, right? Yeah. So, anyways, I don't know. We kind of deviated off there, but well, I don't know. I just wanted to say that because that's kind of my relation to what you were saying. Yeah, no. Um, um, I forgot. What the fuck were you saying? What were you just saying? You refresh <laughs> that. Um, you were talking about oh yeah okay you yeah talking i'm talking about, about like over, everything oh okay your time when you approach your fears yeah, the exactly. more intense it is yeah. yeah i was gonna say something about that i think that definitely makes sense because you notice like people you know humans they they neglect something and it's the same concept concept as rushing you know when you rush through something you don't have the time to process a lot of the details into more uh you know different facets and to expand it in more ways and so we we gain like almost like partial knowledge for these little uh points reference points whereas if we take a longer period of time we can open up each thing and and benefit for more from each thing and it'll be more longer lasting um and at the same time i think people like as humans we get overwhelmed Mm -hmm. um and and we get 
so overwhelmed we don't even realize the parts that we're missing the parts that we're over rushing the parts we're overlooking well plus that you want the like you want things that immediately change i feel like a lot of times you want some shit to change and then so you make a you make this huge jump like oh i want to get fit so i'm gonna run 10 miles but then now my body's really fucked up or like yeah you know what i'm saying like you yeah. binge on whatever the fuck it is but then ultimately you fuck yourself like people who who haven't worked out in a long time you might get excited and then go work out super hard but then now you either get injured or you lose motivation to then go again the next day and go again the next yeah. day yeah i think i think people try to do things to compensate but in reality like like people accumulate things as an act of like trying to do but I think what we need is to undo. There's certain things that we've picked up mm. that require undoing. And I think we try to do things as a way to compensate. You know, compensate, yeah, mm. to undo. I get what you're saying. It doesn't fulfill us because it doesn't actually, it doesn't actually get to the root. The problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you're, you're adding to the it, problem. It's like um, if we're to compare it to like drugs, it's like you take drugs, drugs, it, it alleviates the symptoms, but it never actually takes away the problem. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's or, almost, or, or you could say you take a drug and it takes a certain amount of time to wear off, right? Mm-hmm. So you let it wear off, but you have to give it that full time and maybe some more, right? But if you take another drug, now your body's clashing. Mm-hmm. Now it's taking longer to wear off, right? Mm-hmm. So, But yeah, it's, it goes with the same idea of you know taking one drug too. Yeah, I agree though. I think it that's actually a good point that you made that... Like, it's not about doing necessarily more, but actually just conceptualizing what's already inside of you. Yeah, and, and then actual. Huh? And then seeing how it would be actual. Yeah. I agree with that. That's why, like, like I feel like my lifestyle, which I know is not the same as everybody's, but what's worked for me, which kind of goes with what we're talking about, and this is just, like, my level of flow. Like, I have a book, like, The Genie Within, I read the first like 20 pages like in a week. I know it's like it's not that much. And then after that, I didn't touch the book for about like a month, a month and a half because everything I learned in those 20, 30 pages, I was applying it. I was applying it. I was applying it. I was applying it. And then I go back and then I started reading more and then I took another break and I started applying it, applying it, applying it, talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And then I go back and then I'm like, ah, shit, I just want to reread the whole 30 pages again. Yeah. So then I read the first 40 pages and then just recently I actually went farther than I had initially went. But I've been reading the book for the past like three months and I'm still on page 45. But I don't give a fuck because I'm not I'm not here to rush. I'm saying like some other people will get through a book in a fucking day or two days. But my mind doesn't work that way. Like my mind works and let me get some information and then let me apply it, apply it, apply it. Let me like, you know. Yeah. And then I can go back because otherwise if I read the whole book in one day, like I'm not going to grasp, like I'm not going to grasp any of it because it's just so much information. Yo, learning is such an interesting thing. Learning, and I'm I'm talking, I'm bringing this up because like to go from a state of like, I mean, learning is a purely intangible thing. You know, when we learn or we have learned something, we don't have like an accumulated physical object that attaches to us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's fascinating because it involves like a process of of something that's completely not physical. Um, I think, yeah, it's interesting. Like, 
you know, taking that time like you did when you read those books or when you read that book, did you notice that like uh, when you went back and reread it, that you felt not only like um, like you had understood the content that you understood before better, but since you understood it better, you were able to now faster. Yeah. And contribute parts of your minds to other ideas and, mm-hmm. co- and topics. Yeah. I, um, like for sure. I, um, the second time I went and read the book, not only was I actually going through the pages a lot quicker, but it was definitely like a deeper level of understanding because the first time was like, Oh shit, there's a bunch of vocabulary that I actually didn't know. So I had to look it up. That's another thing that I do when I read. Yeah. I, I don't try to like do it on every little word that I don't know. But I, I love to learn words. Yeah. Like I just fucking love to look at words and learn the definition, learn how to pronunciate them. Nice. So then like the first time I was doing a lot of that, like having to take a lot of stops to look up definitions. So then the second time I went back in, it was like, oh, I, because I took the time the first time to learn all the definitions. Like now I'm going back and it's like fucking fast, easy, but right. it, it hits me in a different way. Yeah. Totally. And I agree, like the fact that you're already kind of aware with it, you're more focused and you pick up on different things. And then it, it's like you're layering a, a deeper understanding over it. And I could probably read the whole 40 pages again. And I'll probably get an even deeper understanding. Right. I mean, it's like the, have you heard of Bruce Lee's writing, the three stages of cultivating an art? No. Because um, it kind of reminds me, because every time you go back to your book, you notice that the things that you learn are more like, ingrained so to speak mm-hmm. in your memory and you you don't have to uh a lot as much attention to those subjects in order to have the same focus as you did when at the beginning when you would have mm-hmm. to put a lot of attention to it mm-hmm. um and in a sense if you notice like that there has been a learning process where this has become ingrained and um it become it goes from something that's purely like a a methodical like uh, idea that you have to make calculations and and take procedures and steps in order to accomplish it becomes ingrained into you to where you no longer have to do all these things uh but yeah the the it's actually a really cool and very short uh writing that bruce lee did on this he talks about like the three stages the first stage he calls the primal stage and he says this is like for example, he used martial arts as an analogy, but he said it could apply to any learning. He said, like, the primal stage, for example, uh, you get attacked. You, your body naturally responds the way it knows how to, which we call instincts, right? Um, so you don't have to think. Your body does what it does. Although a person who's untrained, you know, their body's just going to react however it reacts, however they've been conditioned. And then the next stage would be what he calls the stage of art. And the stage of art, he says that that's when a person starts to uh, kind of step away from their instincts. And now they're learning a set pattern of methods. And so when time comes to execute the method, it's not, oh, you're just reacting now. Now you're stopping and you're calculating, oh, I have to do this at this time and this at this mm-hmm. time. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the third stage is is called the state. He calls it the stage of artlessness. Mm. And he says, this is like the stage where you no longer have to make calculations. Um, your body, it has become your new instinct. Mm-hmm. 
and he he equated how like the first stage and the third stage are very similar um, because there's no there's no calculation your body's just reacting it's very it's almost like a primal reaction and in the third stage of artlessness he talks about like how in the second stage you practice forms and you move through forms right so like for example um like if you want to be a writer right you would practice the different forms of writing like you would you try different for, like versions of your own writings of them you practice all the different forms or if it's for soccer you you practice the forms and the techniques of the movements for soccer right or an instrument anything um then once you get to the third stage and you've practiced it for so long then there comes a point where you have to abandon everything that you've learned you have to throw it away right and when you throw it away then you have what's called formlessness which is the ability to take form like instantaneously and to adapt uh which yeah i thought that was relative and interesting because it, it, you can kind of see in yourself like when you start doing something versus like two weeks later you start noticing like your baseline of like what's standard and what's like automatic for you improves mm -hmm. which i find so fascinating like when i was learning a language i was like how am i ever going to remember these words like i'm trying so hard to to just focus on remembering like these three words and the next day i went back and i was like oh whoa it's easier right now this is crazy you know and it's only because i spent that time the first time pondering and so I, I love learning. I think it's fascinating. I think there's a whole world of magic and and wisdom that lies in the process of learning, of moving from unknown to known. It's it's fascinating to me. I love it. I agree. And, and I think this book about the subconscious has helped me so much to learn because I think the subconscious, and not, this is like such a big thing about, I've been talking about so much about the subconscious, yeah. but... It's just because it's, this is like another one of the cliches. Like you hear people say the word subconscious, but you never hear any elaboration right. on what the fuck that actually mm -hmm. means. But now like this book that I'm reading, The Genie Within, like it legit tells you like how to differentiate between the conscious and the subconscious. And now, you know, before I would hear, like I read the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Have you read that <laughs> yeah. book? I've, no, I haven't read it. I've heard of it though. But you know, there's sometimes people tell you like, oh, just stop trying so hard. Yeah. It literally goes down to what you were just saying. Like once you get to that final stage of formlessness, mm -hmm. artless, art, what was it? Artless? Yeah, formless or artless. Yeah, like you don't think. Like that's that's the thing I learned so much about Bruce Lee's. Like don't think, feel. Mm -hmm. Like it's basically the idea that you optimize yourself from emotional content, then combined with just basically trusting what you've already instilled in yourself. Right. Like, because you think about Bruce Lee, like, when he's fighting, he's not, your conscious mind could only do one thing. Right. You know how fast Bruce Lee moves? There's no, he's not consciously thinking right. of that. That's literally the subconscious. Like, everything's instantaneous, like you were just saying. And I think, um, and the idea of the subconscious is effortless. You know, everything's effortless. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's I could go on this point. shit all day, but it's effortless. Like, that's why I'm trying to, like, keep talking about this, because, like I said, I think the culture has made us think that everything requires so much effort when in fact I don't think it does. I think conscious effort is required to deep deeper, dig deeper within yourself. And then of course, like because of the society that we live in, like 
you know, you use conscious effort to like, you know, when I had to go online and apply for unemployment, like that shit's not subconscious because I don't even want to do that shit. And on top of that, like, you know, I have to read, I have to go grab my social security, I have to do this. It's like, you know, there's certain things in life where you can't just go full subconscious, but just like on the regular day-to-day basis, like once you have a an understanding for your subconscious, then you realize like, for instance, I, o- I always thought I couldn't play instruments. I thought I just... I didn't have the capacity of just, oh, I'm not talented at that. But now I'm realizing I could pretty much be good at anything because I understand the subconscious. Like, So now when I try to play the piano or when someone teaches me the piano, it's, it's very hard to explain, but it's almost like I'm not, I'm not really trying to understand. I'm just actually hearing and just having faith that I will understand. Because if I try to think too much about how I'm going to make it work, then that consciousness basically fucks up my subconscious. And then I don't actually have my full capacity. So that's why now, like whenever I try to learn something, I don't, I don't actually try to like, Oh, I need, I'm going to try hard to memorize it. Like if you think about it, try to memorize like a phone number before I couldn't do it. Cause I was actually consciously trying to remember it. Now I could say the number and then I almost like meditate myself, like just empty my mind and just have faith that I've memorized it. And then I I have a way better chance of saying it right. than me trying to be like, oh, nine, oh, nine, six, seven, seven. Like you just say the number. Right. I'm like, oh, I got it. Because you experienced it. You yeah. actually gave it your attention. Yeah, I feel that. It's weird, dude. Like it's weird. Yo, but. Uh, Bruce Lee talks about thinking and feeling and using emotional content. And I feel like he says that because, you know, from stage one or two of learning, you don't know how to think about what you're learning about. You can try, but you don't know. You don't know how to, you don't understand how to think. So how can a person talk about something? You know, so I think he's pointing to the fact that humans don't understand how to think. Um, and actually our, our emotional body is, is correspondent with a higher plane, which is called the buddhic body, which is the intuition. So they say that our feelings are directly corresponding with our intuition. Um, whereas like our mind directly corresponds with like the atomic plane, which is called like the, the, the plane of the soul or the causal plane. Um, so uh, I think partially too, it has to do with the fact that human beings have their emotional bodies are the most developed out of their bodies. Um, like the emotional body is fully developed and the mind is beginning to be developed. The conscious mind, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like when we we use our feelings in a multitude of ways, which we're not even conscious of. For example, like a, a mother's instinct when her child is in danger. Uh, you know, she's able to know that her child is in danger without having to be physically present because of her feelings being developed in that way. And like how... You know, an animal can run away from home and no matter where it is, it can find its way back home. Mm. You know, or like how certain birds know to fly in a certain direction at certain times. You know, these are these are senses of feelings that we have that are very developed because our emotional body is so developed. And our, our mental body is not, yeah. <laughs> you know, in comparison and relevant, uh, uh, relatively speaking. So when Bruce Lee talks about like, you know, using emotional content, and you were talking about you were talking about how that uh that helps you to be in your flow state and to be in your moment, and um, I think that's very critical because, in a sense, what we're doing, 
you know, how can a person learn how to think without having it taught to them outside of them? You know, I, I guess the only thing I would think of right now would be that we would use our most developed tool as like a, a metal detector type thing. You know, like you, you use another tool to help build that tool. So use one of your strengths that you've developed and kind of see the world through that, that lens of that strength. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's an easy way to develop your mind. Have you ever seen that episode of Long Street? Oh, you're talking about, wasn't that a movie? I think it was a TV show. Yeah, it I might, know Bruce Lee comes out in it. Oh, I yeah. thought it was a movie, though. It might be a movie. From my understanding, it's a movie. Yeah? You want to double check that? Yeah. So, yeah, he was on Long Street. So, you saw the that episode where he appeared? I saw, like, a 15-minute film. Oh, yeah. When he's teaching the guy, the blind guy how to yeah. fight? Yeah, that's great. If you notice, he says, the guy says, well, let me think. He says, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. He says, he, you don't even understand how to think. He's like, until you can put combinations. Or he says, you think a, a fight is just one punch or one kick? He's like, until you can put combinations together without even thinking. Right? Then he says, live a less aggressive lifestyle or hire a bodyguard. But I was trying to think about what he was saying when he said, like, you don't understand how to think until you can put combinations together without even thinking. He's talking about those stages of learning. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And how like we move um, through different stages. And I think once we actually learn something, then we can think about it. I get what you're saying. You think about it by almost not thinking. Like, because I think the way I see it's like, let's say you're playing piano. Let's just keep it with martial arts. Like, yeah, once you learn how to kick, punch, and then do like a jab and all that, then now you could that's the thing is you almost don't even think but yeah you could think like oh i'll just do a jab a punch and then a kick mm -hmm. and then you go into that then you go into your instinct mode but i get what you're saying yeah. like you can't think of how to do something without even knowing how to do that thing to begin with right and yeah it's not even so much thinking like right it's so weird how to try to explain it but it's like well, what are thoughts you're feeling man. you know like thoughts are are ideas right ideals and uh, if the feeling body is corresponding with your intuitive body, intuition is another word that people don't know what it means. We just use it in place of gut feeling. But intuition is not a gut feeling. It's different. Um, so intuition, what is intuition? Intuition is the ability to intuit the truth or an ideal, the true ideal behind uh, a form or an appearance. To look at an appearance and to see what idea is being held within this appearance. That's to intuit. You intuit. You create a conduit, a flow between the inside of something. So then intuition would be a flow of something coming out of you. Right, of based an idea. Based on your feeling. Or right, it's connecting to an idea that lies deeper than just the surface. Right. Um, yeah, that's why, like, you can be doing something and then, oh, my gut or my intuition tells me I should do this. Right. But it's always, you know, you, your intuition is based on something in the external world. Well, there's a difference between having a gut feeling and being like, oh, maybe I should do this. Mm -hmm. And then having an intuition, which is more like 
like, oh, I realize that this symbol indicates this. So maybe this is relevant. It's kind of a little、mm-hmm. bit different. A gut feeling is more like you don't really have, you don't need like a, a sign, you know,、mm-hmm. as much. You can just have a gut feeling just sitting there. Like, oh, I have this gut feeling. I should just go outside. Yeah.、Um, oh, I kind of get what you're saying. Like, you're saying gut feeling can kind of come out of nowhere,、mm-hmm. whereas intuition comes from、a、like、symbol. you probably trying to do something and then you have the epiphany of how to do that specific thing. Right. Because that action is a symbol in itself as、uh, well. I get what you're saying. I, I mean, I kind of use those words synonymously, but、mm. I get what you're saying. Like, gut feeling could be like really out of the blue. Whereas intuition can be like, I'm trying to see what's the most effective way in which to accomplish what I'm doing. My intuition tells me this. I get, I get how you're saying it. I think it's a very subtle difference. Right, because they are corresponding at the same time. So that means that your gut feeling can help you develop your emotional body into a well trained intuition.、Mm-hmm. But the whole thing that I was bringing up the ideas was. For、uh, the reason why I feel like you can find like an access point to developing your mind through your emotions is because our emotions are connected with our intuition, and our intuition involves the ideal, and thoughts deal solely with ideals. So, developing an intuition comes from a coordination of our emotions and our intellect over time. 100%. I agree. I think that's what I've been doing, but you've just explained it at a deeper level. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then that, that makes sense. I'm still, I'll try, I'll, I'll definitely put、that. some more effort to, <laughs> I'll definitely have to invest more time into reading about that, differentiating the gut and the intuition. But yeah, me too, actually. That's a good introduction for me. And I'm, hope, I'm guessing people who are listening might be a little, a little like, holy shit, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But that doesn't matter. The whole point is like planting the seed. Yeah. Because ultimately you have to always go on and figure shit out on your own.、Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. You ready? We're at 2 14, bro. Let's do it.、Um, any final words for the listeners? Final words? Like legit. Just imagine、yeah. this is heard by anybody in the world. Yeah, I would just say.、Uh, Mm. Assuming, assuming that your voice, your, this final message could be heard by the entirety of the human race. Oh, shit. Well, I would say、uh, don't be fooled. Love each other.、Uh, love, love your neighbors. You know, understand each other. Because fighting won't get us anywhere,、um, it'll just make us more mad and more distant.、Um, understanding. And love. And,、uh, you know, that's one really important thing forgiveness, being able to understand, putting yourself in a person's shoes who you feel has wronged you or another person, just to try and understand. It's hard. It's very hard. It almost makes people sick at times. But it's, I think it's very important because we're all people. Now, we don't need to necessarily understand everyone. <laughs> but, um, I think just being more patient and less aggressive on how we speak. Not saying to be less confident or sure of yourself, but just less aggressive.、Um, more determined versus aggressive. Right. So I think when you get anger involved, you start to become irrash- irrational. Right. And you start to like, 
Yeah, you start to say things that aren't logical. Right. Aggression becomes, oh, well, what I'm thinking is right. Mm -hmm, exactly. Whereas yeah. like... Determination is more like, this is what I believe. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Right. This is just what I really, really believe. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. There's a big difference in that because if you feel like you're 100% right, then that means whatever anybody else tells you, like, fuck that. Right. But if I just think that what I'm saying is my truth, I'm not, I don't get aggravated because I know that the truth for somebody else might be different. Right. Yeah. I try to, I try to go into situations acknowledging that the truth could come from either one of us, you know, mm -hmm. and that I just want to be able to be receptive for it. It doesn't have to be me. That's true. You know, that's, uh, that's fucking being one with the universe, bro. In a sense, I it guess. It takes a lot of humility to do that. You have to train yourself. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say too, I guess, lastly, would be um, know who you are. Find out who you are. I mean, I could tell you, you know, you're a human being. You're divine. You're part of the divine in flesh. You're a human. You're not, you're not a corporate commodity. You're not in a, a, a consumer object you're not you're you're a human i mean you're hardly even a person legally you're a human being you're a spirit in form um just know who you are and know you know your rights it's very important uh and you know when you speak from your heart there's no there's no remedy that anyone can give you for that that's just that's 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 the source and that's if you know who you are and you speak from your heart can't go wrong mm -hmm. all right guys guys this is the fucking world record right now i think i was in the bathroom for maybe a minute or two so that'll chop off whatever duration we're at right now but we're literally at almost 220 so guys world record right here longest podcast <laughs> definitely a lot of stuff to talk about and i think a lot of stuff that's gonna resonate within the two of us mm -hmm. and i know it's gonna make for better future podcasts and I'm sure that SG will probably come back. I would love to. All right. All right, guys. I hope you're having a blast wherever, whenever you are listening to this. If you had the, I don't know, the patience or the interest to actually continue listening to the end, I'm very grateful. And I really hope that you got some value from this. Uh, if you have any feedback or if you want to hear more from me or SG, just make sure to email me at theartofhumanpodcast at gmail.com. Or you could reach me at instagram page t-a-o-h experience and yeah feedback is always welcome thank you and hope you have a great day thank you Sophie. and that is a wrap for this episode of the art of human podcast if you feel this episode was insightful or beneficial for you in any way please make sure to share it with those you feel may also benefit if you'd like to get sneak peek audio clips from the latest episode behind-the-scenes footage for the podcast, or insightful content from your host, Sapien, please follow at T-A-O-H Experience on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Lastly, go out there, be your sexy self, and spread that peace, love, and positivity. Sincerely, your host, Sapien. Until next time.